Sandy's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought exclusively on KISS FM by J. Michael. Fashion for everyone. Good morning, Sandy. And Hello. cue Sandy. <laughs> and go. And cue Sandy. <laughs> oh, right. yes. Sorry. <laughs> I removed one mute button and forgot the second one. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? What's happening? Good. Well, we're hoping for some relief from these mosquitoes this week, but I don't no know. Kidding. No, that's like even in oh. the morning, you go outside, I'll go outside to clean uh, up the dog duty. I mean, they are out Everywhere. for blood. Yep. Literally. Yes. So it's it's pretty crazy. Yep. But um, supposedly the planes might be back up and running this week. Um, fingers crossed, possibly today or tomorrow. We're not 100% sure yet, but our sources are telling us they're working on it. I don't know exactly, um, you know, what the issue is, why the planes are always down when we need them the most. Mm. But a lot of us are suffering. So we'll keep we'll it. I remember, I remember a time last year, I believe, when it was like, yeah, so-and-so and so-and-so both on vacation. Yeah, right. Remember that? Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, who, who, who allowed, who approved <laughs> Google vacations? You know, you got to have somebody <laughs> come for you when you're off. You can't, yeah. let, can't let both of your staff on vacation at the same time. But I mean, uh, vacation isn't it like a week or two? Uh, yeah. True. So listen, Governor Roper, uh, Governor Roper, oh my goodness, <laughs> Governor Owen. <laughs> yes. Uh, made her first visit to the Sister Islands. And by way of a community notice, the police have finally rescheduled their community meeting, which they were supposed to have from last year, November, and uh, it got postponed. And so okay. yeah, they're having it tomorrow. So at the Ashton Ruddy Center. So if you live in Kim and Brack, make sure that you attend that meeting. Burger King is offering a $1,000 reward for information on uh, the robbery that occurred on Saturday evening. So we put up some footage of the individual. If you have any information, on um who that could be you know reliable information don't don't just you know name a friend because you're upset with them in the moment <laughs> yeah um you know do contact uh contact the police we've had a few people giving us some tips and we simply pass it along to be fair I, then, I think you, you, i think you probably need to increase that you know that uh it's a little bit low at a thousand dollars a little bit low yeah increase yeah. the reward money to we, generate um, we've gotten the same feedback as well and we pass that on so you know you know um, how you know how cayman is they're not gonna risk snitching for exactly for a low amount of money it's not worth it you gotta increase that i think yeah it's really some movement in the community mm-hmm. yep i i i agree a thousand percent a thousand dollars worth mm-hmm. um and then finally today's final tidbit is the government has put in place a um you know basically a ban on mm-hmm. older vehicles so any vehicle seven over seven years or seven plus years uh, you can no longer bring in to the jurisdiction starting yesterday oh what if it's like a uh, a vintage a car i or think something? there's certain like, there's certain exemptions yeah all right but yeah all right sandy thanks have a great one we'll see you tomorrow for some wednesday headlines all right it's time to style up bigger bigger better better older older the cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level right here on bobo 89.1 fm cayman's community radio we are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that cayman so desperately needs 
Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold hard truth Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live, direct, it's the cold hard truth Now, now, join the conversation on 345-936-2626. That number again is Tuesday, everyone. Wake up, wake up. Let's get it. I know you guys are moving a little bit slow today. I can feel it in your bones. I can feel that you guys are just like, oh, Sandy, not today. Yes, today. <laughs> Let's get it. We have so much on tap uh, for you guys this morning. And when I mean so much, I mean it's a lot. We might not get through all of it. You know, sometimes, um, big shout out to our listeners, and you, you know who you are who are always like, don't stop the conversation. Let's just keep going. Uh, Sometimes we can't always go into overtime and we just roll the conversations over to the next day. But yeah, I mean, it's just uh, some some days a lot is really going on. So let me send out everybody on the WhatsApp list is waiting for the links. Give me one quick second. I am sending those pronto right now because I know you guys are uber interested in today's conversations. But of course, today is Tuesday. So y'all know that y'all know the schedule now. On Tuesdays, we are very, very happy to have our special, special, special medical guests on the program, Health City Cayman Islands. And um, I also know that you guys really enjoy and love these segments. Um, you know, I get feedback all the time and how amazing uh, you find these informational uh, segment. So today we're going to be talking about uh, mammograms. Of course, it is Mother's Day. And, you know, uh, we're going to talk about breast cancer and everything to do with breast cancer detection and all of those things. So let's go ahead and invite our special guests into the program. Let's show them lots of love and support. So first of all, we have Shamari Scott. He's no stranger around here. He Good is morning, family. Sandy. Good morning, Shamari. How are you? I am good. Good morning, Cayman Islands. All right. Awesome. We have Dr. Vanitha Benoy. She is also no stranger to the program. Good morning, Doc. How are you? I'm very good, uh, Sanji. Good morning and good morning, Cayman. Okay, beautiful. And we also have Pam Lawrenson joining us as well from the, um, is it the Breast Cayman Islands Breast Foundation? Is that the proper name? Yes, the Breast Cancer Foundation. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. So good to see you as well. So a full house, um, folks, and of course, Mother's Day, um, in observance of Mother's Day, we're going to be talking about what is really quite an important topic to um, to not just, I should say, not just women, but men as well, 
but women in particular are obviously um, very much, um, you know, concerned about this particular topic, and we try to ensure that we have lots of information uh, available. So let's go ahead and um, kick off the conversation now. I know, Shamari, that your team works really, really hard to ensure that um, you don't miss a beat when it comes to, you know, whether it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Mother's Day, you're very much in tune with all of the awareness months and what's happening so that you can take those opportunities to remind people in the community about, you know, different aspects of their health and why it's important um, to get your checkups done, to ensure you know your risk factors, um, you know, trying to be as healthy as possible. But what I like is you also coordinate with those efforts some actual specials as well. And this is certainly no exception. You guys have gone out of your way to make it affordable this month for people to look after their health. So tell us a little bit about first, and we'll review this a bit later on the show as well, but what specials do you have for women uh, in screening for the month of, um, of May? Uh-oh, there we go. Sandy, I, um, I don't know what's going on with my internet this morning, Uh-oh. but you were, you were breaking up, so I just moved position. Okay. Um, so I didn't just hear anything you would have said. Oh, um, gosh. G- give me, give me one second, Shamari. Maybe I need to swap my. Um, I no, no, I think it, it yeah, it's. My, it's it's. I think it's me. So so okay. I just turned my video off to give me more bandwidth and move position. So now I All now right. I can hear you. Yeah, no worries. So no, I was just saying that you know, um, Health City goes to great lengths to educate people. Um, and you tend to center it around you know, different awareness months and and days and so on that come up, but you go to great lengths to educate people and to remind people to put their health as a priority. And um, one way in which you do that is obviously having the experts come on the program, such as today. We're going to talk about a number of, um, you know, of different things, but you also um, put specials on in conjunction with that to make it affordable for people to be able to do their screenings that are uh, incredibly necessary. So let's talk a little bit about that. No, definitely. And um, first, just want to start with, I know Dr. Vanita has been on the program um, previously before, but Mm -hmm. just to give her her props, um, being our medical oncologist and really the person from the inception who spearheaded all of our oncology efforts. Mm-hmm. at Health City. She was trained in both internal medicine, um, not both, but internal medicine, medical oncology, hematology, um, hemopathic, no, hemotopoid stem cell transportation, transplantation. <laughs> Did I say that right, Dr. Vanitha? No, I'm saying And she was trained um, both in, in India as well as in Australia, um, has well over um, two decades of experience and you know we you see a lot of the screenings and such that that actually occur but she's a firm believer in comprehensive cancer care so mm-hmm. her focus has always been on obviously helping on the back end but prior to getting to where you'd need help she's about prevention screening early detention mm-hmm. detection um, the diagnosis as well as having a multidisciplinary approach when dealing with the patient that we would have in front of us. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to, to highlight Dr. Vanitha and you know what she's about from a medical perspective and how pleased and how lucky we are to have mm-hmm. her here with us in the Cayman Islands. And 
you mentioned Dr. Vanita's names in, in circle settings now, and there's always um, a few people who've either been touched personally, directly, or have had a family member that Dr. Vanita has, has helped um, through a, a difficult situation, um, as mm-hmm. we we'll all know when it comes to, to cancer. And just want to thank Dr. Vanita for all she does and all we will continue to do, seeing as you would know, Sandy, that we have the radiotherapy center um, yeah. that was oh, that was actually did ribbon cutting recently, and we'll be seeing our first patients. Fingers crossed. After one more meeting today, within a week, um, so that wow. persons, for the most part, will never have to go overseas mm-hmm. again if they do have incidents of of cancer. So first, mm-hmm. just wanted to just wanted to state that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to, to answer your, um, your statement, um, Sandy, yes, we're always looking to make sure based on wanting to have prevention as well as early detection, mm-hmm. knowing that if you catch, you know, the stages of cancer at the earlier stages, the percentages of being cured or having a longer life, um, you know, it, it increased substantially. And, and that's why for me, and I, I hope I don't get this wrong because then my mother and my wife will be frowning at me. I think it's May 14th. Um, mm-hmm. That's Mother's Day, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And for Mother's Day, what we're looking to do at Health City, once again, is to give back. And we're going to be offering our mammograms for mm-hmm. $150 CI mm-hmm. to make sure that we can catch, if, if possible, um, you know, cancers in that first stage because the five-year survival rate for breast cancer is over 95% mm-hmm. if we're able mm-hmm. to catch it at, at the earlier stages. So right. that promotion is if you actually book by May 14th, mm-hmm. um, then you'll be able to, to get your $150 mammogram. And mm-hmm. the mammogram is actually offered in East End at this point in time, now that we also have clinics in Kamada Bay, sometimes we get that question, but the actual machine is in East End at this moment, um, and therefore persons would need to, to come to East End to actually avail themselves of that service. Mm-hmm. But this is just, once again, one of the areas that throughout the year will have different promotions to make sure people have access. Um, but for Mother's Day, we wanted to make sure whether you're a single mother, whether you're a wife, whether you're a grandmother, Mm-hmm. Um, please come get your mammogram, $150 to make sure you can gain access to it. Wonderful. So we're going to dive right in. Good morning to everyone who is watching. We have the usual suspects, Stephen from the UK, Diamond Princess is here. Good morning to Andy, uh, Lanny, Miss Vernita. We have Olivia. Um, good morning to everyone. Wee Wee is also here. First Lady Gian, of course, listening with her baby. Um, he might be sleeping this morning, but he's still there. Uh, Juliet, Marva, good morning to everyone. Miss Ethel, Marshall joining us from um, North Carolina. Alejandro is in the house. Um, he was asking if today was Mother's Day. <laughs> Not yet, Alejandro. Not yet. Um, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting there a little bit closer. Uh, so Bonnie, good morning to you. She's also uh, joining us from East End. And uh, Miss Dean is here. John. And don't forget, folks, that anyone who is, um, you know, interested in calling into the program, the number is 936-2626. Charm also here. Javon, Melissa, KK. Um, we're not going to talk about prostate cancer today, but don't worry. I'm sure that's on Shamari's list. Miss Iva also here. 
and Anna. And we have a lot of people um, I know who are listening to the program who are, um, and one of our guests as well, uh, breast cancer survivors. And of course, that's an experience that's always really, really important to talk about. So we're going to dig, uh, start digging into the topic now. So let's talk a little bit, um, Dr. Vanitha, about breast cancer and what is it that, um, oh, my apologies, I pulled up the wrong slide. What is it that women um, generally need to know? Uh, well, um, Sandy, breast cancer is one of the, the, the commonest cancer in women worldwide. And mm -hmm. it's the second most common cancer that kills. So lung cancer is the biggest killer. Mm. But breast cancer is the second one. Share, mostly because, you know, uh, there are a lot of breast cancers around all over the world. That's a commonest cancer in women. Mm -hmm. and, uh, the incidence of breast cancer goes up after the age of 45. And mm -hmm. um, the maximum or the highest incidence it peaks at about 55 years and then it gradually, uh, you know, comes down. And what we need to know for, and, and I know that, uh, you know, this same statistics reflects in K-Men as well. And I know that breast cancer is the commonest cancer that women of K-Men are affected with. But what we do find a little different is that we have, um, you know, a lot of younger women with breast cancer mm -hmm. uh, between the age of 40 and 50 years. And that's because uh, we know, we do know that uh, black people have a, you know, a risk of developing breast cancer younger than uh, other races mm -hmm. and uh, they have a, a, a higher risk of developing more aggressive kind of cancers as well so um i think that is reflecting in our uh, population here where we do find i mean we do still find that most of the women are um, between the age of 50 or 60 years of age but we do find a lot of women between the ages of 40 and 50 who are, um, are developing breast cancers mm. And when it comes to uh, breast cancer, you know, the average risk worldwide, we say, is about one in eight. So that's about a 13% lifetime risk of developing breast cancer. But if you have, um, you know, a family history or a bad gene, that risk can go up to as high as 60 to 70% if you have a hereditary breast cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, and we do need to know the risk factors for breast cancer. So some of them are modifiable risk factors. Some of them mm -hmm. are what you're born with and you cannot modify. Of course, you know, female sex is uh, the biggest risk factor for developing breast cancer. But I, I say this only because, you know, I want the men now to know that they too can get breast cancer. Mm -hmm. so, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So that is something that a lot of people don't know. We know that males have breast tissue too. And, uh, uh, the incidence of, you know, for every 100 females who develop breast cancer, one male will develop. So it's about 1 in 100, the ratio. And what happens is men do not think about that they could have breast cancer. And it goes, you know, kind of um, undiagnosed or detected late. And that can affect the outcomes of their treatment. So I say that just because, you know, um, I want everyone to be aware that there is male breast cancer. Uh, growing older is the risk factor, that we are, another risk factor, as I told you, and of course, genetics. And uh, then there is a complex interaction of various hormones. You know, these are, you know, our reproductive history, the external hormones that we take, um, and, you know, be overweight, be drinking alcohol. All risk factors interact in a very complex way to, um, you know, uh, produce cancers. Mm -hmm. In any given and we won't be able to say what is the exact cause unless they have, like, say, a BRCA gene or an abnormal gene. Mm -hmm. It's a, a of various risk factors. Right. So, so we know um, everything from being obese and overweight in menopause. Does it um, impact you if you're obese or, or um, 
overweight before menopause? So what we, the research have studied, some studies actually, it's not very, um, you know, um, uh, sure, but uh, being overweight or obese when uh, when you're younger can increase the risk of developing triple negative breast cancer, which is a very aggressive kind of breast cancer. But what happens is when you're menopausal, your body, your ovaries stop producing estrogen. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we still have about, you know, fat tissue in our body that produces estrogen. So the the estrogen that uh, um, postmenopausal women have come from their fat tissue. So if you are overweight or obese, you have a lot of fat and these fat tissue can produce more estrogen leading to the imbalance and uh, bringing the risk factor higher. Mm. But it's not been really proven in the younger, uh, in, you know, younger. But uh, mm-hmm. of course, being overweight or obese is associated with a lot of other issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, it affects their reproductive history too. Like, you know, it's known that if you have more pregnancies and if you have your child younger, you breastfeed for at least a few months, the risk of breast cancer is lower. But what happens is when you are overweight or obese uh, in your younger age, all these reproductive history can be affected. Mm-hmm. directly leading to a higher risk of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Very, very interesting. So again, another another reason, if we needed one, to try to be more physically active and, um, you know, watch your diet and try to keep our weight uh, in check. Um, so not being physically active is also um, a risk factor, drinking alcohol and taking hormones. Yeah, that's right. So... When you talk about alcohol, it all depends on, uh, you know, um, of course, abstinence from alcohol is the best thing to do. But uh, women, you know, even otherwise, the upper limit of, uh, you know, um, uh, alcohol consumption for women is one drink per day. So it also depends on how many drinks you drink. If, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you drink two or three drinks every day or, you know, more than uh, many days a week, then definitely that is uh, that increases your risk of developing breast cancer apart from a lot of other other issues as well. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, we have a question from one of our listeners. Uh, he says, uh, Sandra, can you please ask about women who have high chances of getting breast cancer? If getting a mastectomy beforehand lowers their risk, they're thinking of someone, for example, like Angelina Jolie, who had a 95% chance of getting the same breast cancer that killed her mother and she got a double mastectomy which they clean reduced her chances of getting the cancer to about five percent are these things uh, that people can do to reduce their chances of getting cancer to zero percent so two two questions kind of wrapped in there i guess the first question is um in in the case of angelina jolie she actually had um a family history and they tested positive for this BRCA um, gene, right? Which is means that you have a, a genetic, um, you know, um, what's the tr- what's the correct term, Doctor Vinoy? A genetic? Um, no, it's hereditary. We talk it's about hereditary, it. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So you. And it's um, it's not just the breast. It's also um, I think she actually had a complete hysterectomy and everything as well because it does yeah. all of the female organs basically could could impact ovarian cancer and so on. So hereditary breast cancers are about uh, 5 to 10% of all cancers that are diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so these are because of some genes, abnormal genes that you inherit from your um, parents. And mm-hmm. uh, this is typically associated with, you know, some of the commonest uh, term, uh, genes are the BRCA gene, BRCA1 and BRCA2. And that's what um, Angelina had. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
inheriting a BRCA gene from your parent uh, in, increases your risk not only of breast cancer but also ovarian cancer, mm -hmm. pancreatic cancer, and also in men prostate cancer. So what mm -hmm. uh, many people think BRCA gene is just breast, but it's also you know ovary, prostate, pancreas, and um, several other um, cancers as well. So. Mm -hmm. um, when we talk about hereditary cancers, um, it all you know it's always important to know uh, your family history. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about family history, it's the same bloodline. So first degree relatives on the same side. So I mean, of course, you know, people ask me questions like, you know, oh, my husband had this cancer. Am I, you know, husband is not a blood mm -hmm. relative. And then we look at um, a lot of cancers on the same side of the family, say like mm -hmm. your father or your father. And then you have to piece them together and see if it could possibly be a hereditary cancer, depending on the pattern. And yeah. uh, if you have a doubt, you speak to your GP, speak to someone who knows about genetic, I know, hereditary cancers, and they will uh -huh. be able to do some testing or not. And if you get genetic testing done, um, you know, the one thing is uh, insurances don't actually pay. These tests are expensive. And uh, mm -hmm. I know that the Breast Cancer Foundation helps a lot of um, people, our patients get these tests for free they pay for it um but you know an ordinary and a patient person who doesn't have any cancer is difficult to walk up to insurance and say my parents had this so let me mm -hmm. go instead because they don't cover their thousands of dollars worth of testing mm -hmm. but um you know if a doctor can make a you know history and thinks strongly that there is a possible thing of course it can be approved can be done mm -hmm. and suppose finds a bad gene like a BRCA1 or BRCA2 that means your risk of developing breast cancer as like in the case of Angelina Jolly could be as high as 80 to 90 percent sometimes mm. and the risk of ovarian cancer could be as high as 50 to 60 percent so in terms of you know I, uh, as I told you before the lifetime risk of someone developing a breast cancer is you know 13 percent at the max but if you have a risk as high as 80 to 90 percent it is worthwhile doing measures like, you know, mastectomy um, and oophorectomy, like remove the ovaries. Or you can take some medications to reduce the risk of cancer. Mm -hmm. As I said, BRCA is not the only gene. There are a whole lot of other genes as well. And when we do a genetic testing, we do a comprehensive list of at least eight high-risk genes. And depending on the risk, we have certain calculators as well, um, you know, to assess the individual risk of a patient. If you think it is high enough that we might recommend measures like mastectomy mm -hmm. or I'd say, you know, take this drug tamoxifen, um, you know, some of the pills that suppress breast cancer or we may not, um, you know, we might recommend that you have enhanced screening instead of having a mammogram once in two years, you come in mm -hmm. and we do like MRI and, you know, uh, ultrasound and all the other different kinds of screening. So. If you, anyone thinks that they've got a higher risk of breast cancer because there is a family history, I strongly recommend speak to your GP or, you know, any any uh, oncologist. You're welcome. You're welcome to come and see me. We can mm -hmm. assess the risk accurately and make recommendations. Okay. We do have a caller in the line. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the program. Good morning. Morning. Um, I can't wait for the day when more people will have access to MRI for diagnostic um of breast cancer mm -hmm. um because of its ability to provide doctors with greater detail mm -hmm. and the, the point of prevention i think i think people perhaps who haven't experienced cancer may not realize the benefit that is and i know it's a little more expensive yes that's right but it's far, 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 far cheaper 
than having to deal with the, the chaos and the expense of cancer itself. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I like about the MRI as opposed to the um, mammogram is that it doesn't have radiation. And so, so if you're a person who has to do um, it, do checks more frequently because of your genetic situation. In my view, um, an MRI is the route to go. But okay. I want to ask one question mm -hmm. of the doctor. I, I agree with what she said about abstaining from alcohol. But she also said that the upper limit is one drink a day. Now, not all alcohols are created equally. So when she says one out one drink a day, what kind of alcohol is the least damaging? Mm -hmm. All right, thank you so much, caller. Right. So, um, Dr. Vanita, there's there's good evidence now, um, and I think we should be very very clear on this because, of course, sometimes um, I have parents tell me that kids as young as eight are listening to the program, really tune in and really really engage. Um, from a medical perspective, and I'm glad that Denny, um, you know, sort of framed the question in the way that he did. There's no benefit to drinking alcohol. Um, it makes you feel good, but there's a lot of things that make you feel good that are not necessarily healthy for you. So alcohol is one of those things where there's no health benefit. So now you're talking about risk and the degree of risk. You're saying that the least risky thing is one drink a day. Uh, Denny's question is, does it matter what it is that you're drinking? So is, you know, is one shot of, uh, of vodka the same as a glass of wine, the same as, I don't know what else people drink, um, you know, a margarita? Is all alcohol kind of grouped together from the perspective of risk? Um, yeah, so this is an excellent question. So when we um, def define a drink, it's different, for, or the amount you drink, it's different for different types of alcohol, depending on their alcohol content. So mm -hmm. I am not exactly, you know, I think you can look it up, but, uh, you know, um, if you look at something like wine, I think a glass of wine is about 200 mils or something like that. But if it's, it's a, you know, uh, something like whiskey, it's much smaller. So there is an equivalent dose or whatever, not dose, but amount of alcohol that you can drink or you're permitted, which, which is defined as a drink. So of course, if it's, uh, it has more alcohol, the amount is less, but the definition is out there. Um, um, I don't drink myself, so I am not really sure about these uh, numbers, but it is there and not uh, all the drinks are, the, it's not the same amount for everything. So one drink of rum is not the same as one drink of whiskey, but you know, that is, that is what, and the limit is what is said to be the, um, I don't, I don't say it's safe. I agree with you, Sandra. It's just like no alcohol is the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so limiting alcohol consumption is, uh, you know, for overall health, not just, uh, and it's not breast cancer itself. It's a lot of other cancers as mm -hmm. well that alcohol contributes um, to the causation. Of yeah. Okay. So folks, um, you know, find another way to maybe have some fun and uh, enjoy yourself. We do have um, another question in relation to genetic testing. So someone is asking, does HCCI offer tests for genes that cause cancer? Uh, what I didn't get that question. Sorry. Sorry, genetic testing. Do you guys do genetic testing at Health City? Yes, we do that. We do that. Uh, we uh, over, uh, you know, uh, uh, source these tests because it goes to a lab in the states. It's actually mm -hmm. a simple blood draw. You can also take a swab from your mouth. You just need a basic. You know, there are 
different kinds of testing that we do uh, for cancer. This is what we call germline testing. So it just takes one cell, either from your blood or from your uh, mouth, and uh, analyzes the DNA and sees if you have any you know, bad gene there. So we, we do offer these tests. Mm -hmm. And just to the caller's point, um, who's interested in finding out more about genetic testing, I actually had uh, mine done years ago. Uh, this is before Health City was around, actually, because I do have um, a primary relative who, um, you know, had cancer at a very young age. So there was concerns that there could be some sort of a genetic uh, component. So I did get tested for the BRCA uh, gene as well. It came back negative, but, um, you know, it was a little bit of peace of mind for sure to not know, to at least be able to know that I'm not in that higher risk category. And so, you know, we talk about the importance of knowing your risk because then, of course, knowing your risk means that you can take some sort of potential um, mitigating actions to offset it. So even if you're not in the higher risk category, folks, um, if you if you do drink alcohol, you know, reducing your consumption to maybe one drink a week as opposed to once a day uh, might be a good idea. Uh, we do have a listener to the program. Mitzi is asking this question. She says previous radiation is listed as a risk factor. Could the doctor elaborate on that? Is a, a mammogram not a source of radiation? Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, so when we talk about radiation, and uh, we have to talk about, you know, what kind of what level of radiation is safe and what is unsafe. Yeah. So yes. one thing that all of us have to know that we are exposed to radiation every single moment of our life. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what we call background radiation. So, you know, from various sources around us, we, our body is exposed to radiation. And when it comes to mammogram, the amount of radiation that we get for a screening mammogram is very less. It is to the tune of what background radiation you would get just by walking around, living on Earth for about seven weeks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, overall, um, uh, uh, you know, in a year, we are exposed to background radiation, which is 30 times more than, you know, uh, what we, a mammogram does once a year. So when you look at the amount of radiation that we get from a mammogram and compared mm -hmm. to what we get normally with the background, just, just be living on earth is very, very minimal. It is not mm -hmm. going to cause um, cancer. Uh, here, the radiation that I'm talking about, it mostly, uh, you know, uh, it, it is uh, attributes to, or it, it, it refers to people who have got um, some previous cancer, radiation for treatment of cancer when they are young. For example, mm -hmm. childhood cancer survivors, um, young adults, adolescents who had, like in the past, when treating cancers like lymphomas, uh, you know, we used to give a lot of radiation to mm -hmm. cure the cancer. So um, the amount of radiation we have evolved in such a way that we don't use such high radiation anymore. But maybe like say 20, 30 years ago, we were using a lot of radiation to uh, cure cancers like lymphomas. And then the breasts, when they are inadvertently in the, in the area of radiation, it uh, causes changes in the breast that could cause, um, you know, uh, cancerous changes 20 years later. Hmm. So, um, but this was like many years ago. Right now, uh, when we come to treatment of childhood cancers, we are, very, you know, very careful. Our protocols don't use so much of radiation. Uh -huh. Anybody has any significant uh, radiation, amount of radiation for curative radiation in the past, then we do start screening them early, much early. Uh -huh. Uh, ultrasounds and MRIs and so forth. So the radiation that we are referring to is 
like of course you know high doses of radiation for treatment of cancers or everyone knows like you know when when the the atomic uh, the 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 atom bomb in japan happened everybody got you know a lot of people got cancers leukemia and so forth so what we're talking about is much higher doses of radiation than um you know that from a mammogram mm-hmm. okay all right very good folks um so we have um other things such as getting older reproductive history dense breasts genetics which we've discussed a little bit already and personal history of breast cancer or certain non-cancerous breast diseases. Can we talk a little bit about dense breasts? Because a lot of women have um, very dense breasts. I think when you're older, your breasts tend to be more dense. How does that increase? Is that actually increasing the potential of getting it or just detection? Yeah, so when we talk about dense breasts, the density of breasts is actually a ratio of the amount of glands or ducts in your uh, breast, uh, milk mm-hmm. ducts in your breast, to the amount of fat. So breast tissue is made up of, you know, you have the glands that produce milk, you have the ducts that, uh, you know, bring the milk uh, to the nipple, and all this is surrounded by fat tissue. So if you have more of ducts and more of the glands uh, when comp- in, uh, in relation to the fat tissue, then you say you have dense breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been known um, that, you know, when you have dense breasts, it's very difficult to um, interpret a mammogram because, uh, you know, mammogram, we are looking, it's an x-ray of the breast. We look for white spots um, that could areas of, you know, areas of normal specifications and all that. All this could be, uh, you know, hidden when you have dense breasts. So a mammogram may not pick up small early changes uh, or abnormalities in the breast when the breasts are very dense. That's a major issue. But now some studies are showing that, um, you know, they're looking at serial mammograms of women uh, um, after the age of 40, when they have the screening mammograms, they find that if women have, uh, you know, the breast density kind of is asymmetrical between both breasts, the changes in density with time could also predict a higher risk of getting breast cancer. So that is also coming into light now. So um, uh, it's more... If you know that you have dense breasts, then we have to have sometimes an accelerated or enhanced screening program mm-hmm. using different uh, screening methods like, uh, you know, MRI instead of a mammogram, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, as I said, you know, using, a, you know, the standard mammograms are two dimensional. Now we have moved away to three dimensional mammograms. And uh, some of those, mammo- those, those mammographic technologies are better in diagnosing breast cancers uh, in women who have dense breasts rather than the standard 2D mammograms. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean, the last caller, Denny, also mentioned um, uh, ultrasound versus mammography. Um, obviously, he's of the opinion that ultrasound is better. From a medical perspective, why is mammography still the standard? Yeah, so mammograms are not recommended for women um, who are younger than 40, um, uh, you know, uh, for two reasons. First of all, they are not good because women have, you know, uh, younger women have uh, the the breast density is different and ultrasounds are better uh, to look at abnormalities there and compared to a mammogram. But that said, if you have a higher risk, you're suspecting that uh, the mammogram may not be the best thing to do. Uh, We do use MRIs in those younger uh, women. Mm-hmm. Of course, mammogram is not the only thing that we use. More often, we combine a mammogram with ultrasound. So we do both. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way of doing, you know, looking at any abnormality. So uh, in different areas, if you have an abnormal mammogram, you do, most of the times you do ask for ultrasounds. 
and ultrasounds will look at the breast uh, the abnormality in a different way more carefully or you know in a different way that it tells the radiologist different things Mm-hmm. And it can also look at um, uh, you know the armpit, whether there are any lymph nodes there, and you know so it's like a correlation, mammogram and um, ultrasound, especially if the mammogram is abnormal. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it is not best for women older than forty years, and ultrasound can miss uh, miss abnormality. So it's not the best way to screen someone who is ah, older. Okay, so Mary was asking that if you have dense breasts, should you then do an ultrasound? So it depends on how old are you. Like yeah. If you are young and your chances of, uh, you know, your risk factor for breast cancer is low, I mean, you don't have any family history, then you could just do an ultrasound. And sometimes we ask for ultrasound every six months for women with dense breasts. Mm-hmm. But if you are, uh, you know, at a higher risk of developing breast cancer, um, or if you are older than 40, we would have to sometimes add a mammogram, I mean, sorry, MRI, or do ultrasounds like, you know, uh, the mammogram, we are not going to do mammograms every six months because that's too much of radiation, but we might yeah. alternate between, you know, mammogram ultrasound and an MRI. Mm-hmm. So um, that is why, uh, you know, we, it's individualized. Mm-hmm. And of course, the best thing to do is to speak to a physician. So unique, uh, Ken Ken is saying, can someone do a walk-in for a checkup or should they make an appointment? Shamari, maybe you could speak to this. Uh, what's the best way um, to go about seeing a specialist. I'm assuming appointments are always yeah. better. <clears throat> appointments are always going to be the best way, unless it's yes. obviously sort of urgent an or yeah. an emergency. Um, so definitely call 640-4040, or you can email us at info at healthcity.ky, um, as well as we have our Connect app, where now you can actually download our Connect app, whereby um, remotely from your phone, you'll be able to book an appointment, see which physician you would want to see and, and to be able to get in. But definitely, if you have any issues or yet if you have more questions, you can always email us at info at healthcity.ky. And based on what you're saying, we'd be able to call you back and di- or email you back and direct you to the right specialist that, that you may need to see or um, one of our internists just to try and figure out what's wrong to, to get you on the right path. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we have a comment here from Ms. Jean. She says, Dr. Vanitha, Indira, and the rest of the team are second to none. We'll always be so grateful for their professionalism, care, and compassion during and after breast cancer treatment. And she also shares that C.G. Britke paid for her genetic testing. So sounds like she's a patient and she's been through this. Um, so she has some firsthand experience. So again, giving thanks to um, the Health City Cayman Islands team. Uh, beautiful. One question I'd like to ask, um, Sandy, Dr. Vanitha, um, so I know about mammograms and Mother's Day and putting on um, a, a heavy discount to make sure that people can gain access. Um, what about men? Um, can men get breast cancer? And if so, like, what are the symptoms? And Yeah, the she, did, she did mention that earlier, I think, when you were having um, internet uh, issues. Okay, but, that must have been it. Um, okay. Yeah, no worries. But yeah, it's worth it's worth talking about men because we do have a lot of men, obviously, that are tuned in and listening to the program. So um, let, let's talk about, are the risk factors the same for men uh, when it comes to breast cancer? So like their alcohol consumption, um, you know, any family history, genetics, and so on? 
Yeah, the risk factors uh, of, uh, you know, uh, to develop male breast cancer is almost the same. But as you know, uh, estrogen uh, plays an important role in women in producing breast cancer. And men don't have so much of estrogen. They have you know, the, the primary male hormone is testosterone, even though they have small amounts of estrogen. But due to some reason, when there are hormonal imbalances, just like in, uh, in a woman, uh, there can be higher levels of estrogen in men that could predispose to breast cancer. But as I mentioned earlier, the risk is like one in one, one in one hundred. Uh, you know, one man for a man for every hundred women uh, are diagnosed with breast cancer. So the risk is much much lower, even though it's not zero. So that it doesn't warrant screening like women. So we don't uh, do mammograms or screening for men. But mm-hmm. and the other thing is, for ma- the male breast tissue is very very less, so it's easily yeah. to palpate and you can feel it. Um, unlike women, where you know the, the lump may be hidden inside. So um, it's important that uh, you know males uh, do the same. You know, it's the, the the bottom line is that all of us should be aware of our body, mm-hmm. our organs. Uh, you know, and um, how our body functions normally. And if you think there's something going wrong, you find a new lump anywhere in the body, not just the breast, um, in the neck or anywhere. Or if you think your body habits are changing, you're losing weight, your uh, bowel habits are changing, then then it's a it's a warning sign. You should notice. So all of us should be aware of what is normal for our body, and mm-hmm. you know sit up and take not notice if it changes or becomes abnormal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For males, uh, you know, what happens um, quite often is you notice a small, notice a small lump or a swelling or thickening uh, in the breast, but men don't, you know, correlate it as breast cancer. They think, oh, it's something, you know, a mosquito bite or something mm-hmm. like that, leave it, or maybe it's just a sebaceous cyst or something like that. And mm-hmm. they ignore it. And the problem with ignoring is because, as I told you, males have less breast tissue. So the tissue is closer to the chest wall. And so it can become more advanced. It can spread faster in males when wow. compared to females. So females, you know, that the lump can be in the breast tissue for a long time before spreading to lymph nodes or the chest wall. The chest wall is a tissue below the breast. Mm-hmm. But males don't have so much tissue. So if you ignore it and wait longer, then it could spread faster and become diagnosed at a later stage. Wow. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, but that's quite interesting. So on the one hand, women are more likely to get breast cancer because we have more breast tissue. But on the other hand, that breast tissue in a way protects it from spreading to other places. Um, I guess it slows down the spreading process, whereas a man who doesn't have that, that protective breast tissue, if we can call it that, um, has chances of it spreading a little bit quicker. It doesn't protect the excess, uh, the tissue doesn't protect, but it doesn't yes. go to the chest wall, doesn't go to the back, the muscles and invade the, the local chest, so it becomes unresectable. But for men, right. it's like, you know, you have little breast tissue and then you have the muscle just beneath it. So yes, uh, it becomes like locally advanced much faster than uh, yeah. you know, a woman. Wow. And I mean, we have, um, I see Wien saying that he doesn't want any man feeling up his chest, but Wien, if it's life or death, trust me, you're not going to care who's touching you. Um, but, you know, it's important to um, sort of, you know, we have a lot of stigmas around men and men's health and sometimes women and women's health. Um, but we've actually had uh, at least one man that I'm aware of in this community and perhaps uh, Pam can jump in here in the conversation. We've had men uh, here in the Cayman Islands, Caymanians, who have had breast cancer. So, um, Pam, the Cayman Islands uh, Breast Cancer Foundation, you guys do quite a bit of, um, of work and you will see people who are um, dealing with cancer firsthand. You offer support to them and their family members. Tell us a little bit 
about, um, and just don't forget to unmute yourself, but tell us a little bit about the men who, you know, you've seen as, um, as sort of like the primary uh, patient. Well, good morning. Thank you for the opportunity, Sandy. And yes, we've had cases, um, not too many to report, to be honest, but had a handful of male cases where, um, like you just mentioned, like Dr. Benito mentioned, um, initially they thought it was just a mosquito bite, um, something bothering their chest. And eventually once they checked um, to see the doctor, the biggest surprise was that, that it was indeed breast cancer. So um, their journey somewhat can be more isolating because um, it's the somewhat of, you know, it's not usual to hear male breast cancer patient and what sort of um, support they receive because males are seen as strong men of the house and to be experiencing all of these different symptoms um, from hot flashes to mood swings to just feeling really um, down. They, they can't do a whole lot, but they try to find a way to, you know, um, get through it all. We've had cases where, and on our website, we've um, interviewed one of the cases, and he's James Whitaker, um, went on to his life, to his full potential. And through his story, he was able to reach out to cousins and brothers, extended families to really make that um, check, self-check. And if you feel like something is not right, speak to your oncologist mm -hmm. eventually. So yes, in our case, yeah. what we're able to support them with mm -hmm. was, um, uh, sorry. Yeah, we're, we're getting a little bit of background um, yes, can noise from me there. But <laughs> yes, we can hear you. It just sounds like a vacuum or something. I'm is so running. sorry about that. I am not sure what's going on. <laughs> I am not sure what's happening. I'm sorry about that. I hope the messages get out despite of the noise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Making sure the office is clean. Yeah, uh, the, breast, the, the breast cancer. <laughs> I promise nobody is vacuuming, but perhaps it's, you know, technical difficulties. It's, it's, it's always to make things a bit uh, lighthearted. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, in essence, the Breast Cancer Foundation provides um, the support from the holistic approach. As we know, um, the medical side is well looked after, taken care of in a sense. And sometimes the patient will need a bit more. As we know um, in our society here in the Cayman Islands, we have um, so many ex, right? They come here, they come to work. Some of them may not have family and they may not have that trust to express all these medical um, concerns overall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um insurance may not pay a lot of their care and things like that so our care comes from that holistic approach where from encouraging the person to exercise to just sitting with them and having those conversations to coming with them to the hospitals helping them with their insurance understand their their care right overall and from healthy lifestyles to just um, live into their full capacity. Mm -hmm. Very good. Now I see a conversation Is here. The bus that still I'm on. To... Yeah, 
Yeah, well, we'll just meet you for a second. But um, I see a, a conversation here with some of the young men in the audience. Um, sometimes we have to try to keep them on, on a straight and narrow path. Um, they're saying that, you know, oh, don't let anybody, don't let another man feel you up. Um, Wayne, trust me, this, this is a level of ignorance that we, and I don't, when I call you ignorant, I'm not trying to insult you, but it's still ignorance that we're really trying to address because um, young men, you might not have as high of a risk, but you need to appreciate that physicians and radiologists and all experts come in all different shapes and sizes and sexes. And a man is there um, if he's having to do um, uh, an exam of you, um, whether it's a male physician or radiologist or whatever, uh, believe me when I tell you, it's for your health and your benefit to save your life. And this kind of attachment to homophobia when it comes to having your body examined by professionals uh, who happen to be men. So even if you need a prostate exam, you know, that's probably going to be a male that's going to have to do that. Um, I think you guys really need to, to release this, this level of pure ignorance and stupidity. Um, this is about your health and it's potentially about your life. And Wayne and Alejandro, there could be other people who are sitting there reading your comments who unfortunately, if they're not really paying attention to the conversation, um, could be um, influenced by, by what it is that you're saying. Listen, if, if the right person, if the expert is a man or a woman, um, you're gonna go with who's gonna offer you the best care, regardless of, of who they are and, and what sex they are or what ethnicity they are or anything like that. Um, and I think that really that has to be the conversation. I also noticed uh, Alejandro saying that the masseuse gives him a massage, so he'll take his chances that she might find something. Um, is the masseuse the right person, doctor, to find lumps or other things, other abnormalities that might be happening um, in your body? Um, not really. I would say you are the best person to, you know, find out yeah. if there's something wrong in your body. Obviously, the first line. So that's mm -hmm. why we encourage women to do breast self-examinations, like, you know, at least once a month. Uh, but, you know, obviously, if you find there is something abnormal that you don't feel happy about or you want something checked out, then you have to go to a physician. Um, you know, and uh, I would not think a masseuse is the person to, you know, make a judgment. And the reason I'm saying is I've had uh, breast lumps examined by other family members and, stuff. you know, people around you, even some nurses, I'm not saying they don't, but, you know, um, oh, my friend, good friend is a nurse and I asked her to see. She said, I'm young. This is not doesn't look like cancer. And then obviously it turns out to be, you know, cancer uh, later yeah. on. And a lot of this personal stories come my way. So that's why I say, mm -hmm. if there is any doubt, let the expert examine you, as you you know, rightly said. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it may not be cancer. As I said, only 10 or 15% of the lumps that you feel in a breast are cancerous. Mm -hmm. But if you know that's enough to you know, cost your life. So let the expert determine if it's abnormal or not. Yes. All right, folks. Um, so again, uh, breast cancer um, screening in honor of Mother's Day is the topic for today. 9362626 is the telephone number in case you have any questions. We have a male who is asking questions through WhatsApp. He's very, very interested. And he's asking if you can explain exactly the mechanism that causes cancers to spread. So all cancers are genetic in the sense they're caused by mutations in a normal cell. So you have a normal breast tissue which uh, with, with DNA inside the cell, which gets mutated to various reasons that we uh, discussed before. 
and these this the the change in dna what we call a mutation makes the cell behave abnormally so they don't they grow like uncontrollably behaving in a monstrous fashion causing a clump of abnormal cells and when these abnormal cells reach a critical number these cells start detaching slowly from the big mass and they get into the lymphatics the blood vessels and that's how they go to lymph nodes from lymph nodes to blood and they circulate in blood it goes to various organs like liver lungs mm-hmm. and they sit there hibernate for some time sometimes they start growing and that's what we call metastasis which is cancer spreading elsewhere from the organ of origin so it's all from mutations so the sooner you remove a cancerous lump the better mm-hmm. so that we don't get the chance of the cancer cells to detach from the big lump and go to different organs yes so that's why screening and early detection is so critical because if you catch it you know in the localized area you can treat it a lot uh, a lot quicker and of course with the new oncology center being opened up um at Kimata Bay you have tons of options that are going to be available to you So thanks again um to that astute listener to the program and encouraging women to do um you said that you know people are their own best um sometimes methods of detecting abnormalities because you see your body every single day um you know you know kind of what what cycles um your body goes through each month and if something is a little bit different you're also going to probably be the first to notice it All right folks um let's look at some of the symptoms then that people could potentially be uh, looking at Dr. Vinita when it comes to breast cancer. Yeah so the commonest uh, symptom is uh, uh they find a lump in the breast uh a thickening it could sometimes be just a little bit of thickening feels a little mm-hmm. bit harder than the rest of the breast mm-hmm. or it could be you know uh, like a little pee that you could roll around your finger or things like that you could also see some skin changes this mm-hmm. can become a little reddish sometimes itchy scratchy and um, uh, uh, sometimes there will be changes in the nipple the nipple can go inside what we call retracted nipple we might find a, a discharge from the nipple which is little bloody uh, it all depends on what part of the breast gets uh, the cancer so if it's the cancer is below the nipple you will find all these nipple changes but sometimes it's just a lump that is getting bigger and people often think that if there is no pain the lump is not painful it is not cancerous it's actually the other way around mm-hmm. so painful lumps lumps which are painful are more likely to be cysts uh, you know they are benign or non cancerous cancer lumps are most often painless to start with and you get pain or discomfort only when it starts um, getting bigger so mm-hmm. if you find a painless lump in the breast then you know it most likely or i wouldn't i won't say it is cancer, pain is not uh, a symptom to look for breast cancer and mm. uh, you can also look at changes in the shape or size for example you might find that near your armpit there is a slight more prominence or when you put your hands up you find that area is bulging out a little bit mm-hmm. so actually is uh, you know and, and because these lumps the cancers can even start in the area near the armpit or it can you can find a lymph node in the armpit as as one of the first signs of cancer So mm-hmm. an examination of the breast would include all the areas mm-hmm. including the nipple and also the armpit. Mm-hmm. So uh, wow. uh looking that is why breast examination when you do a self breast examination it should look at all these areas. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh in in um, yeah. Yes. Um Miss Iva shares that she's had nipple cancer. Um she got nipple cancer in 2007. 
So thank you, Ms. Iva, um, for sharing that. Like I said, we do have listeners here on the program who themselves um, have been through this. And so they have, you know, firsthand experience. And it's it's a very scary thing, I think, for women to hear of anything in the breast. When I was in my 20s, actually, um, I learned that I had a, uh, a lump in, in one of my breasts. And in fact, it was, I mean, I remember it so vividly because I went to the Moffitt Cancer Center. Because of the size of the lump, immediately, it was like the size of a golf ball. They were like, whoa, this is big. We need to, we need to get in. We can't just do, um, you know, a, uh, what do you call it? A needle extraction. Um, we need to get in, take this out completely and send this off and have it tested. So basically a lumpectomy, they had to remove the entire mass. Thankfully, it was not cancerous. It was just a fibroid. But it was it was shocking to um, to even know that it was there. And again, my primary physician, because I was going for, you know, annual checks, even when I was in university, like, you you know, I think as a woman, the things that you need to do um, during just a routine annual check and examination by my physician, the physician found it and said, oh, what's this? We need to, you know, have this checked out. So um, does having a, um, a lump as a younger, and I've always kind of wondered this, in my 20s, does that increase my chances in any way? No, I mean, as I said, a lot of different lumps could be found in uh, younger women. I mean, women of any age, but younger women could have what you call cysts in the breast, fibrocystic okay. breast disease, fibroadenomas. And so a lot of these uh, lumps are, most of these lumps are benign. And only like if you find specific changes in those lumps that we might, mm. uh, you know, say, oh, your risk for breast cancer is slightly high. And that includes like a thing like proliferation. If you have a pure fibroadenoma, you get it removed. It's not going to increase your risk of uh, breast mm -hmm. cancer. Yeah. But of course, I know that my risks are increased because I've had um, a half sister that had breast cancer and also now a mother, although she was in her 80s, that has also um, had breast cancer. So something that, you know, again, knowing your risk factors uh, will make you a little bit more diligent uh, in doing, you know, what you need to do in terms of early screening and detection. So we've looked at some of the um, symptoms. We've talked about the risk factors, um, what's involved again um, in early detection, doing your uh, breast exams. What time of the month for a woman should she be doing her breast self-examination? So it's best that we do when the breasts are least swollen or least, uh, you know, dense or and that's usually about five days after your menstrual periods, your period. So the, the amount of estrogen in your body at that time is least. And so your breast tissue is not engorged or swollen. So it's best to feel. And um, if, if someone has cysts or, you know, fibrocystic breast disease, then if you check, do the examination before your periods, the breast, the cysts will become more prominent. It may be painful. So that's not the best time to do. So about five mm -hmm. days after your periods is the time when your breast will be softer. Mm -hmm. And you will be able to um, fall, you know, feel every every tissue more clearly. Mm -hmm. and, yes. And and this is a question I have that recently came up. Um, I was speaking to an older family member and I was surprised that they're um, they're like in their late 50s and they're still getting like a regular cycle and everything. Does that um, have any impact on your chances? So in other words, you're offsetting menopause or the start of menopause later in life. Does that improve your chances of not getting certain types of cancers or is that a risk factor in any way? In fact, uh, late menopause is a risk factor, um, uh, oh. you know, so because what happens is women are exposed to more estrogen 
in their body uh, for a longer time. So if you have, you get your menstrual cycle, menarche early, say like 10 mm-hmm. or 9, and then you go on to having menstrual cycles after the age of close to 60, mm-hmm. then you are exposed a lot more to more estrogen in your lifetime than mm-hmm. uh, the other case. And in fact, if here that, that's why we, you know, if, if someone has a very, very high risk of getting breast cancer, we do a drastic step of oophorectomy, you know, removing the ovaries. Mm-hmm push them into menopause and we do that for a lot of breast cancer patients too like you know younger women with higher risk of recurrence we do send them into what you call artificial menopause for a while mm-hmm. to cut back on their estrogen level so um you know late menopause is a risk factor for getting uh, breast cancer wow i was thinking maybe it was going to protect uh people but hmm, i see what you mean this is why we have them on the show folks 93626 is the telephone number um, please do call in if you have any questions. We've talked about mammography. Let's do um, you know a little bit more information. Again, I'm learning some very, very valuable things here this morning. So mammography, again, is an x-ray of the breast, um, and there's two types. So can you explain a little bit about what these two types are? Yeah, so a screening mammogram is what every you know woman who doesn't have a lump or who doesn't have a symptom, who are just going to find out if they have, you know, the regular people without any symptoms. They have a screening mammogram where there are two views of the breast that are taken in different angles and the, it just sh- tells the radiologist broadly what the, the breast look like, right? And then if there are any abnormalities um, that you note in a mammogram or if we are checking uh, looking for someone who's got a breast lump, we think that there might be something suspicious and we do diagnostic mammograms. So the in diagnostic mammograms, there are several other views that we look at. So you know, um, additionally, the, the radiologists will look at, uh, you know, different ways of, uh, you know, di- additional views of the pictures of what it all pictures of the breast mm-hmm. to see if the lump, what it looks like. And then they put a category like it's a radiologist thing. So it, you, someone, people might be familiar with the term birads and scoring and all that to say whether the abnormality they say in the mammogram is, is it benign or it could be cancerous? Does it need a biopsy? Does it need follow up after six months and all that? So when the radiologist uh, puts this in his reports, that's what tell us what to do next. Like, do we have to go for a biopsy or can we just observe this lump or can we just observe this abnormality? Mm-hmm. So, so people get, you know, who go for screening mammograms can get called back for diagnostic mammograms. And uh, what we have, like the, the mammography machines are now so sophisticated that, you know, you can immediately look during a screening mammogram, the radiologist will be able to say, oh, do we need additional views? We can do it immediately instead of waiting for, you know, a, a call back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, the, the machine that we have in Health City is called Pristine, uh, Pristina. It's a 3D mammogram. And it uses, you know, the technique is a little different from the conventional 2D mammogram. So we can you know, immediately say whether the patient needs additional views or not. Mm-hmm. And you can add that in the screening mammogram. So there's no, you know, the thing that the patient doesn't have to come back and get additional views. Mm-hmm. So he has advanced um, a lot now. Yes. All right. So folks, um, the way to reduce your risk, be physically active, limit your alcohol consumption, maintain a healthy weight. So diet and exercise is important. Uh, breastfeeding. So this is very, very interesting. Um, how does breastfeeding contribute? What's the connection there? 
so what happens is when you have a pregnancy and you know the whole your whole estrogen progesterone balance changes in your body mm-hmm. and uh, what uh, we have found is when women breastfeed uh, the lining the cells that line the ducts and the glands they undergo uh, a certain what you call irreversible change that prevents it from mutating so it's very interesting actually that you know no one knows the exact mechanism but what they found is the 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 cells that line the duct or the glands in a woman who has breastfed is different from someone who has not breastfed mm-hmm. the 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 ability of those cells to mutate is much less than uh, uh, you know a woman who has not breastfed so the, what they are saying is if you have breastfed at least for a few months you don't have to breastfeed for a year or two or something like that a few months of breastfeeding a baby Mm-hmm. um kind of fixes it's like fixing a tissue in formalin you know there are no more changes after that it kind of uh, ma- makes the cells less susceptible to mutations mm-hmm. hmm. wow okay um so uh, some very very um you know interesting information here today uh, pam let's speak to you a bit more please tell us um all about the Cayman Islands breast cancer uh, foundation what it is that you guys do and what you offer. I know you and I ran into each other on um, on Saturday. We're going to speak some more um, about the wonderful work that your foundation does. I think we need to come in and pay you a visit and do something in-house where people can actually see some of the services that you have available. But if you can just tell for the purposes of our listening audience, if you can tell us just a little bit um, at this time about what, what does the Breast Cancer Foundation do? So yes, um, Sandy, in general, the Breast Cancer Foundation started um, as a way to give back. Um, I understand there was a lack and there was a need for these funds to be distributed accordingly and um, in a very emotional time for our founder, Kim Kim Lun, who lost his wife, um, Brenda Tibbetts. And it all started to raise funds for the Kansas Society and the Lions Club of the Tropical Gardens, who work very closely with the community. As the need kept growing and you realized that there was a bit more of a gap of, of care, um, the wellness initiative started, along with Heather McGoglin and um, Jennifer, uh, Jeanette Fitzgerald. Both really work very closely with what services we wanted to offer for those who needed um, something as a massage something as nail treatment something as a as counseling was not available for some of the ladies who suffer of these side effects during their treatment so in essence the wellness initiative started eight years ago and mainly focused on the holistic approach as mentioned previously and this is a way to encourage many breast cancer patients and survivors to maintain healthy lifestyles. That includes from um, you know, good nutrition. We provide uh, a nutritionists who can guide them through what, how to eat balance or um, a physiotherapist to help with their movement range of movements. As you know, um, and as the listeners understand, there are different um, stages of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean in gravity and severity. I mean in terms of how the person can carry themselves and recover from such traumatic um, ordeal. 
Some manage it much easier and some needs a bit, bit more care. So that is where the Breast Cancer Foundation steps in um, with the help with doctors. Um, they would recommend us in the event of a person has been diagnosed or is a bit scared or concerned uh, from caregivers to the patient itself. So mm. we step in and from that point and we can offer these services depending on what the person needs. Um, mm. Again, not all needs are equally. So some people would receive, you know, we need to drive into the hospital or do cold caps, which is a which is a different added subject to to this because at the time we realized that including hair loss was something very traumatic for many ladies. Um, the cold capping services is to retain the hair follicles. And that is offered at Health City, HSA, and Doctors Hospital. So, in mm -hmm. essence, the Breast Cancer Foundation covers different aspects according to each person's needs. How do they have access to us? Um, I know the community is small, but still, some may not know how they have the access, how they can attain these this the service in general. And again, it depends on the doctor. It depends how they hear from us. I'm, I'm sure our listeners will understand a bit more of what we do. In terms of financial care, that also comes into part. Again, as mentioned, we work very closely with the Cancer Society who offers direct financial assistance. And along with them, we can cover some of their care. So in general, they would have to come and speak with us. We go through all the services that we have and we allocate all free and all complimentary. So um, I started with the Breast Cancer Foundation three years ago. And as a survivor myself, I was able to work along with the system and see what aspects that I needed at the time that we can include for these ladies. And as simple as, and it sounds simple, but as our therapy was included. So as we were growing and finding all the, the need, we, we keep adding this wellness program initiative. Mm -hmm. Okay, beautiful. All right, folks. Um, so how can people get in contact with the Breast Cancer Foundation, um, Pam? Um, um, we, you can come to see us. We're in Grand Harbor. We're mm -hmm. located next to Papa John's. Um, you can contact us via our phone numbers. Um, we can share those. It's 936-1136. Um, you can go on our website. We have um, forms to fill out and um, a little aspect of how you can reach to, to see us. And um, in general, we're out in the community, not only during October, but we're out visiting different centers who want to hear about us. Yes. Okay, beautiful. And Ms. Brenda, good morning to Ms. Brenda. We've missed you, Ms. Brenda. We were wondering where you were. Uh, Ms. Brenda says, as a woman, I've always supported the Breast Cancer Foundation. I found, uh, I would encourage every woman to give to this very worthy cause. And she also says, and praise be to God. Um, we have Barbara, um, who says that she was diagnosed with multiple, is that myeloma? 
and uh, started getting treatment with the Moffitt Cancer Center. And she said that's one of the best cancer centers in North America. So Shamari, let's go ahead and, and wrap up the program. Looks like we could keep going this morning, um, but don't worry. Um, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I know for sure that we'll be back on this topic. Celine wanted to know about the classification of um, breast cancer. Can we park that question for Dr. Vanitha for when she comes back um, to circle back to this topic? But, uh, you know, Shamari, the interest in today's conversation, I think certainly mm -hmm. demonstrates how important these health segments are um, and how important it is to provide this information, you know, in a wide way to the community. So um, thank you so much for, for making your experts, um, the expert medical uh, um, you know, personnel available to us and also for bringing on nonprofits such as PAM to, you know, advise the community of what is being offered through their organization as well. And, and it just shows you um, how much of an information gap there is. The mm. fact that, you know, as, much, as many times as we come on, there are so many additional questions mm -hmm. and, you know, we could spend 10 hours and still there'd be questions that need to be answered. And it just highlights the importance of us taking the time, which I also want to thank both um, ladies for taking the time, you know, in their busy schedules as well, because after this, they both have to go to full days um, to, you know, segment that one hour in the morning on mm -hmm. um, a Tuesday to be able to, to bestow their knowledge onto us. And Sandy, just keeping these partnerships alive um, is a key component to what we're doing in the community because mm -hmm. we want to keep the Cayman Islands as healthy as possible. And it's these great partnerships with, you know, such organizations like the Breast Cancer Foundation mm -hmm. that helps us to get closer to the healthiest Cayman possible. Um, our goal is for a healthy Cayman and we need as many shoulders pushing at that wheel, as many hands helping to make sure that we can reach that ultimate goal and make it as manageable as possible. And that's why we thank the Breast Cancer Foundation. We thank Dr. Vanitha for everything she does every day, um, always going above and beyond. And Health City um, will pat ourselves on the back in this instance in that we're making our mammograms available for $150. If you book now prior to May 14th, which is Mother Day, which is Mother's Day. So you yourself, um, you know, make it a Mother's Day gift and buy it for your mother, your wife, your daughter, your grandmother, um, or if you are the person yourself listening, definitely go ahead and do that. And throughout the year, we'll, we'll have different various ways to make sure that any lady um, that would like to get a mammogram, that we'll make it accessible, that she'll be able to get it with us at, at Health City. Mm -hmm. uh, but Sandy, once again, thank you for always having us on and for your platform so that we could get this message out to the majority of the Cayman Islands. Absolutely. Thank you very, very much. And like I said, I was paying attention this morning because um, I learned quite a bit. So again, uh, we had Miss um, Pam Lawrenson joining us in the Cayman Islands Breast Cancer Foundation. We had Shamari Scott from Health City Cayman Islands, and we had Dr. Vanitha Benoit. Um, they're no strangers to the program. This is Pam's first time. So a warm CMR welcome to her, but we're, we're sure that she'll be back on um, and uh, again, thank you guys so much this morning for uh, making it another wonderful and informative show. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. It's always wonderful to be here. And thanks, Shumari. Thank you, Pam. Lovely to see you here. And uh, right. yes, beautiful. And, and Pam is going to go sort out what's going on with that computer of hers. <laughs> I think that is literally just her CPU working overtime. It's not, it's not used to having so much work. It's like, oh. 
next time I'm going to be in CMR, let me know because whoo, got a lot to, lot to do in the background. Um, but thanks again um, to our wonderful guests. Let's take a quick commercial break, folks, and then we're going to dig into the conversation. First thing we need to talk about is homeless people living on our beaches. Woo-sa. What a hot mess. Mm-mm. The Department of Environmental Health has announced that the November bulk waste collection schedule has been replaced by one in the month of May, starting with West Bay, May the 1st through the 6th. Please note that following West Bay, there will be a Georgetown bulk waste collection from May the 8th through the 13th, and then Bodentown from May the 15th through the 20th, followed by Northside and East End from May the 22nd through the 27th. Stay tuned to this platform for more bulk waste scheduling information. The annual business surveys being conducted by the Economics and Statistics Office, ESO, are ongoing. The surveys run from April 11th to June 16th, 2023, and collect information to answer questions like, how did the economy perform in 2022? What is the value of the income received from the rest of the world in 2022? Your response matters. Fill out and return your surveys to the ESO. Remember, better data, better decisions, better business. For assistance, visit www.eso.ky or call 244-4600 or 244-4676. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack, right on the bluff, starting from $80,000. Located in a quiet residential area with high elevation, these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast. Cayman Brack offers a laid-back lifestyle, amazing pristine diving, limestone caves, diverse flora, along with amazing wildlife. Inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today. With only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or Info at CrichtonProperties.com. Honey, you remember to bring your lunch, right? Oh, come on. You know I wouldn't. Seriously? Popeyes? Hmm, Popeyes. Popeyes! Popeyes to the rescue again. <laughs> Mommy, I prefer this to your chicken anyway. Oh, no, you didn't. K-Man doesn't just like that chicken. We love that chicken from Popeye's. All right, folks. Uh, welcome back to the program. Happy Tuesday. What going on, K-Man? What going on? What going on? Well, let's just dig right in. We're like di- diving into the deep end. Let's just get it. Ah, Where do we begin today? First of all, um, big shout out to the RCIPS. Um, Thank you for listening to the show last week, for listening to Curtis and other BRAC residents who were wondering whatever happened to that, um, you know, meeting that you guys were supposed to have in October. Because I can tell you what, honey chill, they were listening so much so that they have scheduled less than a week later, they have scheduled the meeting to happen tomorrow. So if you are a BRAC resident, please, please, please pay attention. Do not sit home. Do not stay home. Because you know when y'all stay home, then they're, they're going to say, you see, we told you them brackers not really want no meeting and they're not interested. 
you get up, put on your frocks, uh, put on your little wampas, whatever you got to do and get out to this meeting and see what the RCIPS has to say for themselves. Uh, you guys have a lot of questions. There's been an increase in um, crime on the BRAC that is very, very alarming. By the way, I forgot to mention in yesterday's show that on Friday, there was a stabbing, a cutting up or stabbing or some kind of violent incident um, on Cayman BRAC. Uh, somebody who works for one of the government road crews or something, um, you know, the talk on the street is it might have been uh, related to drugs. And then somebody else said, well, one, the victim was actually a, um, oh gosh, what do you call it now? The victim is actually a um, member of the LGBT community. So they are wondering if maybe it was a bit of a situation where, you know, that was the reason why he was targeted. Only God knows, I must tell you, we don't know. Um, but what I would say is um, the police, they, they need to be there. They need to have a presence there and they need to tell you guys exactly what is going on. So here are the details. I'm just pulling up the details of the meeting. By all means, um, folks, uh oh, that's the Brack community calendar. Hold on one second. Let me find it for you. Um, do go out to the meeting. And just for the record, we have a community calendar on our website. Don't forget that every, everything that's going on in the Brack, and trust me, there's actually a lot of good stuff that's happening in Cayman Brack. We put it on the community calendar. Um, you just go to the calendar, scroll down the CMR page, and you'll see the calendar there. And we put all the community meetings, events for the schools, anything that we receive from Ms. Shavella Burke, who is part of the um, district admin office there. You know, she sends us a calendar each month and we update it and include all of that information on our calendar for um, Cayman Brack, Little Cayman, and of course, anything that we get from Grand Cayman as well. So if you're an NPO and you've got events coming up, by all means, um, contact us about uh, ensuring that your events are scheduled in our calendar. All right, um, let me just see if I can pull up the, um, Outlook is taking a minute to open up here, but let me just see if I can uh, pull this up for you. It's already posted on the CMR page in any event. And so you can certainly go there to ensure that you get the details of the meeting. So yes, it's a community meeting uh, that's happening tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. at the Ashton Ruddy Center. So ensure again, folks, that you make some time to go out to this very, very important community meeting in Cayman Brack. Y'all don't get them often. So you should have no excuses um, to make in terms of why you can't make it. Set aside some time. Okay. So um, while I pull these details up for you, there you go. The commissioner of police, Mr. Derek Burns, again, paying attention, will be holding his community meeting on Wednesday. It was originally scheduled for November of last year. didn't happen. So now it's tomorrow at 6 p.m. at the Ashton Ruddy Center. They're going to have some members of parliament, which I'm assuming is going to be your BRAC representatives, senior RCIPS representatives will also be in attendance. And of course, the general public is really, really encouraged um, to attend. Okay, honey chill. Very good. Um, so yesterday, um, you know, we were uh, minding our own business as is often the case. And uh, somebody started messaging me and said, hey, Sandy, did you see this um, situation with this young lady uh, living on the beach? And I was like, oh, you know, we, we've had occasion um, on this beautiful island of ours to have people say that they're homeless and they're living on the beach. And I'm always curious about why a person is homeless, because I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. 
um, you know, when we start to really dig deep, normally it's more than first meets the eye. And uh, big shout out to Rejma. Rejma did the story for the compass. But, you know, I mean, let me put it this way. I started asking questions. And then after I asked questions, the story got updated after the fact. I mean, I guess that's good because I had a lot of questions about why this family was uh, or is homeless and what's really going on here. So um, mm -hmm. let, 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 let's, let's try to break it down. So the young lady actually has reached out to us. We invited her to come on the program. She actually said she's too busy. I mean, she didn't look awfully busy to me um, sitting in her lawn chair on the beach. But nonetheless, she said that she's too busy and she can't come out uh, because she's actually going to work. And I'm like, oh, you, you have a job? <laughs> I mean, it seems to me that there's quite a bit that was really missing from the story. So she has a job. She says she's trying to get her child put in childcare today. All of those things are wonderful, but it still leaves me with a lot of questions. All right, Let, let's try to see if we can get some answers here today. So for those of you who don't know, this is the story that I'm talking about. It says, surviving by the sea, family of four forced to live on the beach. Mm -hmm. And you know, what we do here at CMR is we get, we get the, the compass has one version. Um, obviously, we're not going to just accept their version as a truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. We're going to start asking questions in the community. Who is this girl? I've never seen her before. Who, who is Sanders? Like, I don't even know where that last name comes out from. There was just a lot of questions. I mean, Caymanians now come in all shapes and sizes and, um, you know, all sorts of stuff. And, you know, one of the questions I often have is, is not just who you're for, but where are these people in your life? You're a, um, a young mother. And, you know, we have, we have questions. We, we need to understand what exactly is going on. How does a young woman, the article, interestingly enough, does not state her age. Uh, not really sure why, but I would have loved to know how old she is. I think she probably looks like she's in her 20s maybe early 30s, but that's probably pushing it. She does not look um, that old at all. And yes, they're living on the beach, they're camping permanently on the beach. And so she said, and I'm gonna read some of what she sent to us. I'll read the whole thing really. And she said that, you know, people are jumping to conclusions without having read the Compass article. Now you guys know, it's not often that I'm going to read a Compass article. Um, for more reasons than one, but primarily because I oftentimes don't want um, my, uh, especially something that I could potentially write on, I don't want, that's why I don't read other local news media, I don't want to plagiarize, I don't want my article to be tainted by something that they're saying, so those are some of the like logistical reasons why I don't tend to read uh, local media um, for stories, right, but this one, we're not going to do a story on this, so this is fine. So let me read to you exactly what the Compass article says. Again, Rajma wrote the story and she says, looking out at the picturesque turquoise waters off of Cayman's Eastern coastline, expectant mother, Olivia Sanders, gently cradled her two-year-old son, William, as she nursed him under the shade of a tent that has now become the family's new home. For the last two weeks, Sanders, her husband, Richard, her son, William, and three-year-old daughter, Adelia, um, have been living on a beach in the Eastern District after leaving their apartment that was paid for by the needs assessment unit. Mm -hmm. She says, I feel like giving up. I want to be here. This is my home, my beautiful island. 
but I cannot stay here and struggle, says Sanders, who's contemplating returning to Canada, where she's been living and studying for the last few years. Now, I'm, I'm going to, every everywhere that I pause, I'm, I have a question. So I have a question there. I have a question about her leaving the apartment. Um, I have a question about the age of the kids. These are all questions, but we're coming back. Um, she says, it goes on to say that the expectant mother said that she's called the NAU for assistance in securing a place to stay, question, um, but while she waits for action from the department, she and her family are battling to survive and are leaning on the kindness of family and strangers. Question, uh, make me, she says, it makes me think Cayman is not for us. Question, she told the Cayman Compass in an interview seated under the shade of a great, uh, a sea grape tree. Mm -hmm. She goes on to say, the family has been asked that their location be withheld as they fear for their safety living on the beach. Uh, big, big, big question. Sanders' husband, Richard, originally from Rotan, said it hurts him not to be able to provide for his family as he has not been able to get a, work, a permit to work. He said that he's been fishing to feed his family and is willing to work, but he wants to do things the right way. Uh, he's quoted as saying, I, I do mostly anything just to put a little bread and thing on a plate for my children. I mean, at least if I get two or three fish, I will fry it for my children and my wife, he said. He said that he did not have enough money to apply for his residency and employment rights certificate, question, and that, has, and that he has been told he may need to leave by May the 14th. Hmm. The Compass has reached out to the NAU and WORC for comment on the family's situation. Uh, Sanders, who said she is four months pregnant with twins, big, big question, uh, held back tears saying moving to live on the beach was the hardest decision she had to make. However, she said she could no longer risk her children's health remaining at the prospect apartment she'd been staying in, nor should she, nor could she stay with relatives. Double question. Uh, she said that the landlord had refused to deal with the black mold in the apartment and her son was getting ill. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Uh, she said when she moved into the apartment together with her father, who has cancer, she did not expect that the landlord to make life difficult for them. The landlord turned off the power, the Wi-Fi, the water, and we had to pitch rain uh, when it was falling just to take a shower. We were staying inside a closed off room with my children and my husband with no ventilation, no AC in the heat, she said. Can we put like four question marks right there? Um, she said that she tried to stay with a relative, but there were conflicts that developed, which made it impossible for her to remain there. Uh, more questions again. This is not what I want for my kids, she said, but she feels that it's better for their well-being. Sanders said that uh, this is not the first time that she and her family are forced to live on the beach. Uh, uh, can we put about 10 question marks right there? And if I had a highlighter now, this is where, you know, when you're in school and you're like highlighting, girl, I'd be highlighting, asterisk, underline, say what? Stick a pin. Um, right, so she says, this is not the first time. As for about three months, they lived in a tent until NAU assisted them and her father. It is scary here, is what she says. My husband does not sleep at night. He fans us with one hand to keep the mosquitoes away and the other hand he uses to fan us to keep cool. Um, yeah, your hand, I'm not gonna be able to do either one to be quite honest, but okay. Uh, Richard said that he is hopeful that the government opens its eyes to the reality. Many people think the island is rich, 
but we got a lot of poor people here that are homeless. We don't have a lot of poor people here that are homeless, but anyway, question. Uh, Sanders says that he has asked the MP in the area for help, but to no avail. Well, we don't know what area that is because they won't tell us where they are, but let's continue reading. Uh, Sanders says relatives have been helping them with food and diapers for the kids. Uh, workers at the beach, she added, also have been supported dropping up food and items for the children. We shower in the public showers and use the bathrooms uh, there. We had to put some of our stuff uh, there too when we moved. Okay. They have set up a makeshift stove using old conch shells, uh, use wood to cook, and use sand and seawater to wash their utensils. Uh, these friend, their friends downloaded movies. They've got friends. Okay, you can download movies. Maybe you need to download, you know, part of your apartment to share. But anyway, uh, their friends downloaded movies for the kids to watch on their devices uh, when they're playing uh, with their pet lizard, Rango. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Sandy, just keep reading. <laughs> okay. Let me just keep reading. Their pet lizard, Rango, that they found on the beach. Lord Jesus. With the sargasm coming inshore, as Sanders said that she's worried for young children as the weed comes with sea lice and a stinky smell. Tourists who come to the beach help us. Here you go, here you go now, Lord Jesus. They have showed us kindness uh, when they hear our story, she said, adding that a couple who were leaving the island with their vacation, after their vacation, dropped off their remaining supplies and gave them some money. Um, as her young children played, oblivious to the situation they're in, poor children, Sanders worries for their future and her own. The mom said that she's in the final stages of completing her medical office administration degree. This is the part that was added after we questioned, and I'm going to tell you what we questioned, but this part was then added, so they amended the article, at Reeves College in Alberta, Canada, and needs to return mid-May for her work practicum to graduate. We walk to the beach. Uh, where we can get Wi-Fi so I can do my online classes. Okay. I have a double stroller. We put the kids in it and we walk. I feel like my uterus will fall out after that walk, but I have to finish my degree. Mm -hmm. So um, that was added to the story. All right. Let's go way back to the top of the story where I have a lot of questions. First of all, um, it's so interesting that she didn't talk about um, the need to finish this degree um, until I put up and ask questions. Because what happened is one of our, um, you know, we, we got a lot of followers. Somebody reached out and said, hold on, snap, two finger snaps. What's going on here? This isn't the same young lady that I saw at NAU. And I said, uh, oh, you're pregnant um, again? And she's like, yes, well, my parents are Caymanian, so the government is going to have to help me. I'm just selling it to y'all like how I got it. I don't know who her parents are, but I'm told, based on the information on the streets, that apparently both of her parents are drug addicts. They, they're, they're of no help to her, uh, unfortunately, or her children. So let's start from the premise that obviously she sounds like she's coming from a bad situation. But... Let me be very, very clear. And I know I post up some stuff. Some people on Instagram, oh, Sandy, you ain't got no heart. You're so tough, this and that. Um, why y'all go right and hard for people just because people want to have children? Uh, pump your eternal brakes when it comes to this argument about y'all want to have children. Having children, you might think it's a universal right, 
but it is a universal responsibility, right? And this is where, quite frankly, you are not going to get much sympathy from me. I did not, let me repeat myself for the record. I did not grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I grew up in poverty. I grew up with a mother that had too many children. So I know the situation that you put your children in when you have too many children. Even if you're the best mother in the world, that is one extra mouth to feed. And this was back in the day where you had parents that would help. You had a, a grandparent that would take some of the children and raise them for you. Clearly, in this day and age, the chances of that happening are slim to none. So when I talk about how irresponsible people are, this is a young lady who claims, I'm going to read what she sent us into the wee hours of the night. Poor her, she was up at 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, worried about CMR and what we had posted up, saying people not giving her no sympathy. I have a lot of tough questions for you, young lady. You claim that you're attending this college in Canada. I don't know how long she was in Canada for. It doesn't sound like she really grew up in Cayman, to be honest, right? You're getting this, um, what did she say, medical office administration. She says, supposedly, she's working to be a doctor. I'm going to read to y'all what she sent. I don't know. She doesn't understand that there's actually a difference. Or will go on here now. But we are, we are trying to get to the bottom of this. But honey child, right? If you have one little bit of opportunity to go to school, the first thing you should know is, honey, you can't be getting pregnant because that's going to interfere, not necessarily stop you, but it's going to interfere with your progress. You got two children, a two-year-old and a three-year-old, and now you got twins on the way. And you don't think that people, even people who want to help you, listen to me, woman and anybody else who might have any questions. I am one of the most generous people in the world, right? To me, money is neither here nor there. Sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't have it. When you grow up poor, you recognize that there'll be times when you don't have it, right? I'm not gonna hoard it. And if I can help other people to live a more comfortable life, especially our young people. I want to encourage our young people. The only thing that I ask of them is try to make good decisions. Don't end up in this situation, living on the beach and then expect me to have sympathy for you. Birth control in this country, I am told, is free if you cannot afford it. There's no such thing as accidentally getting pregnant all these damn times. Maybe once I'm going to give you. But really and truly, the attitude that, oh, my parents are Caymanian, I'm a Caymanian, so government got to take care of me. No, 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 Government is busting at the seams with the millions of dollars that we're forking out to pay for people through NAU. Millions of dollars. Now, I don't want to hear any balloony this morning about NAU, help who they want to help. The NAU process is flawed. This minister along with his government. They're trying to fix it administratively. There's a lot of changes coming down the pipeline that hopefully will tighten up in more ways than one, the whole situation over at NAU, right? So set that aside for a second. You have lived on the beach before. They didn't say when. You lived on the beach you claimed for four months. By the way, um, two, two weeks ago, that would have been around Easter time, right? We've seen this before where people go Easter camping and then they don't want to leave. <laughs> I mean, the beach must be so nice to camp on that they don't want to leave. 
Remember the, the, the elderly couple that was um, camping in the beach but had access to a convertible and an SUV and, and they have a professional fishing boat and they get an MP, um, um, what's his name there from Bartontown? Um, Dwayne Seymour to give them an engine for the boat worth thousands of dollars. There are people who use the system, you know, and them looking, and I'm not saying that this is the situation here, but be very, very clear. There are people who will use the system, who will prey upon your good natured generosity um, to just try and always get, 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 especially when children are involved. They use that to tug at your heart because who amongst us cannot feel horrible when you think that these poor children out there are going to be suffering. My God, I have so many mosquito bites on me this morning. Somebody around here decided to go open the door. I'm blaming Marlon. Maybe Miss Stacy. I don't know which one of them let in the most mosquitoes. But honey, child, last night, I was killing mosquitoes left, right, and center up in my house. I have one of those little um, fly catcher things that you put, insect catchers, normally it's for flies, uh, that you put on the countertop. These mosquitoes are so big that they were flying into that. I could hear them getting zapped. I killed one in the master bathroom. I could hear one buzzing by my ear. One even bit, bit me on the side of my face. I got a little mosquito bite over yeso. And I'm inside of a house. It's just that the door was left open for like one minute and they came swarming in. Imagine those poor babies being on the beach, a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And these mosquitoes not giving you a break during the day, by the way, right? Oh my God, they're horrible. And they're disease carrying, they're disgusting. Who on earth? The compass talking about these children are oblivious to their situation. They're not oblivious. They may not know, they're too young to understand why they're living on a beach. But I can tell you what, this is the kind of thing, this experience, right? And living like nomads is the sort of thing that's going to have an indelible mark on their little brains forever. And if y'all don't think that, that those kids right there is going to be the next generation of trouble, y'all better wake up. This is why we have to, we have got to break the cycle of dysfunctionality, right? We've got to break the cycle of poverty. Girl, why are you pregnant with twins if you've been on the friggin' beach before? If you're getting any you assistance, how you get pregnant? Now, I don't need to, I don't need y'all to tell me how people get pregnant. I'm well aware that you open your legs and you insert something. And then, you know, sometimes a couple months later uh, or a week later or whatever, you find out you got a little surprise on the way. But we live in 2023. Let me make it very clear. As a woman, yes, not so young anymore, but I've been there. Y'all enjoy sex. You want to lay down with your boyfriends and have a good time? Fine. I'm not here to tote no Bible and tell you not to fornicate. That ain't me. Fornicate as much as you want. Have as much sex as you want. But it comes with responsibility. Yes. And the number one responsibility when you're poor is not to get pregnant. Why are you bringing children into a situation where you can go from worse to worse. It just doesn't make any sense. This is, this is really poor decision-making now. Three times, not once, not twice. And you see a two and three-year-old, honey child, that means that you barely gave your body a break 
uh, after you got pregnant with the first one, next thing you know, you're pregnant again. And then you got these twins now on the way and talking about you can't even walk a little bit because, uh, and it doesn't sound like she's that far along. She sounds like she's still in her first trimester, but it, you feel like your uterus is going to fall out. Honey child, that's a different problem. You, you might want to call Shamari over at Health City because Dr. Pooja needs to see you. Because in your first trimester, you shouldn't be feeling any kind of stress from a little walk up the street. But you know what's stressing you out? Trying to live this nomad lifestyle and you already have two toddlers. I can only imagine having one and you're trying to, don't know, it's not that you're getting potty trained because you said you're still in diapers. Um, people having to donate diapers and blah, blah, blah. Honey, child, why are you putting yourself in this situation? You have now just, forget about yourself right? You're an adult. You can handle the situation. These poor children, you are putting their life in, on a path of, and it's not to say it can't be reversed, but you're not putting your children's lives in a path that is very much downhill. Now, l- let me just put this out there. And I know there'll be those of you who are going to curse me today, but it wouldn't be the first time. It's not going to be the last time. And let me just say for the record, I do not care. This is my opinion. And I think one of the things that we desperately need to do through NAU is if you are on NAU and you're getting government assistance, folks, pay attention now. Get ready to be insulted, some of y'all. You should not be getting pregnant. Mandatory birth control should be part of your application process. Oh, God, Sandy. Mm-mm. Human rights. What are you talking about? This and that. I can hear the questions coming now. Oh, you can't force me to be in control. Yes. Oh, JD says I must play the kaboom button. Kaboom! There you go. There you go. Thanks, JD, for reminding me it's even there this morning. Uh, yes, you should agree to be on birth control. We, the people, will pay for your birth control. It's already free, I'm told, from health, uh, not health city. Oh, God, don't go health city now. (laughs) It's already free from um, the HSA. Uh, I think, um, what's her name said, uh, Vanessa said on Wednesdays, you can go there and get it for free. They need to make it free every single day. People, when I was in university, there was the, the health clinic, right? Students could go there and pick up free condoms. They had them at the front. You not had to see nobody. There was a big bowl updated every single day, free condoms, grab a free condom. Women could get the pill or whatever for free. And here's the thing now, I don't want y'all putting them on the pill because you know they're going to be forgetting to take that. Give them the Depro-Provera shot or the one that you can insert into your arm, long-term five-year plan. As long as you need help, from the Cayman Islands government, AKA the hardworking people of the Cayman Islands, you must not get pregnant. And if you get pregnant, it will be a detrimental mark on your application in terms of of receiving further assistance. Instead, we're doing the opposite. We are rewarding people when they get pregnant with more help. I think we have got to take a hard line approach to stop the abuses of the system. Good morning, caller. How are you, darling? My dear, I'm right here. What's your take on all this hot mess? <laughs> what I want, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm. Uh, what I wanted to say, I understand.
understand some, and I will repeat, some people are in need. Yes. And um, NAU, um, just like most any other government-subsidized um, help, um, is abused um, over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. I believe that these people, not the ones you are speaking to about right now, but there are people in the on this island who need the help, and I believe in giving them mm -hmm. help. However, we however, need to give them a helping hand. But you know right. what? They they sit down and think that they're going to just receive help for the rest of their lives. And, you know, they're going to just live off of NAU. And we can't have that. Yeah, I, I know people on this island right now who do that. Hmm. And um, they just keep on running there and they keep on getting handouts. However, I understand. I mean, children are innocent. Mm -hmm. They should not be subjected to what adult poor decisions are. However, if somebody has children, goes to NAU, they get the help that they need. Fine. Mm -hmm. However, if they get pregnant again, they don't get any help, any more help, or it's, there's something deducted from them from the financial help that they do receive. Mm -hmm. You know, people people have baby after baby after baby and think, okay, I can get a, a few more bucks. Yep. I can get a few more bucks. I can get a few more bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. women need to stop this foolishness. Mm -hmm. They need to mm -hmm. get they need to get off their butt. They need to get an education. They need to go to work, and they need not depend on anybody due to the choices they yes. make. Yes, yes. And you know, the we sad thing is, caller, listen, we've all been in, in situations, right? But this has been my observation in life, and I'm the same way. If I see somebody out there making good decisions and actually trying to help themselves, I'm more inclined to help them. Right, right. I mean, we... we most of us do fall on hard times from time to time, but we just don't sit back waiting for a handout. And I even heard that after Hurricane Ivan. Oh, I'm going to sit back and wait. Mm -hmm. No, honey, sorry, people. It's not. It's not your money if you're not contributing. Yes, it's our. It's our money. Exactly. It's our money. Exactly. It's our money. That's right. And you, and, and you said something about birth control being free. It's not free. That, well, free free to the ones who need it the most, but the rest of us are paying right. for it. Right, exactly. And enough is enough. I mean, come on, people got to think. They got to think for themselves, meaning you, me, and everybody else. Mm -hmm. Because these ones, that right. are, these ones that are collecting, they're not stupid. They know how to work the system. Yes, absolutely. That's all I have to say. You have a wonderful I appreciate day. the call, my dear. Um, Hey, man, take care. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I've always said there's no such thing as a free meal. Um, when I say it's free, it's free to them. But believe me, we're paying for it. But guess what? I would rather pay for your birth control than pay for another child because we're not just paying for another child for the next 18 plus years. If that child is growing up in this dysfunctionality that we see happening here, um, that child is at risk for all sorts of things that the price is too high for the poor children and the community. These children are at risk for all sorts of things, folks. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Everything from childhood abuse, drugs, early, early promiscuity, everything. This is not how you drag up your children in this world. Children need a good, safe home and environment in which to grow up. I mean, come on. So, um, Sophia says, Lord, give them a house 
Because one girl was on the beach too a couple of years ago with six kids. You can imagine who in their right mind in this day and age having six children. Y'all need to be slapped. You need to have your tubes tied. Lord Jesus and baby daddy and government gave her a house. Uh, Sophia, this is the problem right here. Government gave her a house. No, the people of the Cayman Islands gave her and her six children a house. And that's egregious. That should not be anything that you pray to the Lord to deliver to someone. You know what? The Lord helps those who help themselves. Get off your dear ear and get to work. Help yourself. Sit down waiting on a handout from the hardworking people of the Cayman Islands just isn't right. Government doesn't print money, you know. It has to come from somewhere. And we're all paying for it. We're all paying increased fees, duties, taxes. We don't want to call it taxes, call it what it is. So that a mother of six who has obviously no concept of responsibility can get a house. Let me ask you something, Sophia. This so-called mother of six who was living on the beach, did she um, get her tube side? That's the only question I have at this point in time. We gave her a house. Now she has a place to stay. Did she get her tubes tied? Y'all joking around with these people. And I'm not here to joke today. Uh-uh. Under no circumstances. This is the height of irresponsibility. Anybody with a little bit of sense knows that you cannot, in this day and age, afford six children. Even back in the day when people didn't have access to birth control, they didn't have the knowledge, the information, the understanding of how not to really get pregnant, right? They were in relationships where you don't have a choice. You had to sleep with your husband. This day and age, you don't need a husband and you don't need to sleep with anybody. And this is, this is the other thing. Let me, I, I can get to the husband here in a second because I got a lot of questions around that whole situation. But let me be crystal clear. NAU needs to implement a mandatory birth control option. It's not going to be optional for you if you need NAU's assistance. And I don't care how many y'all want to kick up about human rights. If you need to go to the government to beg for their help, and you have the audacity to talk about the fact that, um, who is this calling me now? Y'all need to be calling the right number, honey chill. Um, good morning. Are you trying to reach the program? Okay, well, I'm on air right now, so that's not going to be possible. Uh, the show is over after 10.30. All righty. Do y'all not know by now that I have a show in the mornings? <laughs> Who in Cayman does not know this? All right, listen. And we might go into overtime this morning here too. But listen to me. Let me be very, very clear. When you come begging, uh, my aunt, I used to say this. Y'all know her name by now, Aunt Lottie, L-O-T-T-I-E. Aunt Lottie always used to say, beggars can't be choosers. And you know me and my little smart alecky um, self, I thought about that for a little bit. And I said, well, Anna, what about if they're choosy beggars? <laughs> she was like, what? She said, I told you beggars can't be choosers. I say, but you might find you some choosy beggars. She said, mm -mm -mm. beggars can't be choosers. But you see, we got people begging around here and then they want to dictate what is what and what is what. If you want the help from NAU, here's the form. You're going to get long-term medically implanted birth control. End of story. If you don't want the help and you can figure it out on your own, then go and have a gazillion children. I wouldn't recommend it, 
because you know you cannot afford them. Now, this is a girl who claims that she's in school. And I looked at this so-called, um, she sent me some evidence too, to be fair to her, on the, the um, messenger. She sent me uh, a letter from her school. Let me show you all now. I I'm gonna give the girl some credit. She claims at least she, I guess, enrolled at some point. And I'm gonna tell you what she had to say. So she says that this is the Canada Revenue Agency. She's looking for benefits from them. Her application is in progress. So um, she she mentions, oh, you know, she might have to move back to Canada. Let me let me tell y'all something. Siobhan says too many questions and not enough answers. Cece says, you're already struggling and see that you're struggling and having more kids. Make it make sense. Uh, <laughs> Cece also says that I'm going to pack up my stuff and go to the beach with my kids because these people think that they're going to get a house before me, they lie. And you see, this is the problem. Now, I know Cece is just joking, but you would be surprised how many other young people are looking at this situation saying, oh, she going to get a house? Well, I'm going to do the same thing because the end result is that somebody is going to give me something. That is not how the world works. We're, we're trying to give you a helping hand. So here she is trying to get assistance from Canada, right? And that is still, as of March the 21st, still in progress. Uh-huh. Y'all see a pattern here? You're hearing Cayman complaining about having to live on the beach. Um, you can't get assistance from us. Well, I'll be darned. Canada don't look like they in no hurry to give you assistance either, the Canadian government. Hmm. With all of their liberal laws and so on and so forth. I'm just saying, honestly, get it together. No place in the world is it becoming easier for you as a parent with all of these children and no real prospects in your life. So after I posted, how the hell is somebody having all these babies and no professional prospects? I guess that's why the compass ran back and, and said, or maybe she contacted them. I don't know how it went. Oh yeah, she's working on this medical office administration um, certificate or whatever this is supposed to be. Okay. And so she sent us proof that she's been in contact with her career services coordinator. Um, the, she's, here it says that you have, we have arranged for your practicum to start on April the 10th. Um, hello, folks. Y'all see what day it is now. We're in May. Uh, your practicum host has requested for you to come by April the 6th for a meet and greet. Please let me know if you have any questions. Well, this isn't particularly helpful, um, Olivia, because let me be very, very clear. This deadline has already passed. So because you sit down on a beach in Cayman, you've already missed this opportunity. Do we need to just get you and the family a ticket so that all of you can go to Canada? Maybe that's the best help that we could give you. And this is an honest question. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Sandra. Yes, ma'am. The topic that you're on is so interested. Mm -hmm. I am a 32-year-old young Caymanian. Mm -hmm. Went to the NAU in the past, not mm -hmm. for myself, just mm -hmm. for my mother. It just makes me sick. I have one daughter of my own and I do agree what you're saying. Mm -hmm. When it comes to having one child and you see the struggles that I have to go through with one, I have a partner, I'm unemployed, yes. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to dealing with one child and then go have more and then just expect to go to any of you to get hand out. Mm -hmm. And then when the elders are going there, 
to get like assistance. It just pisses me off, Sandra, to see when I sit there, I sit there almost for two hours and I see them coming in with pregnant belly, coming in with all kind of excuses. And mm. then when they get this help, mm. it's like they're going out there, they either buying the stuff, they're sharing them, or they're either selling the vultures and stuff to make my money, to buy drugs and stuff. And then like my mom, she's in her 50s. And mm-hmm. I go there to get assistance. I can't get assistance. Mm-hmm. But that you can go there with your pregnant belly mm-hmm. three, four times for the day. And yeah. you can get the assistance. But an elder person like my mom yes. can't get assistance. Yeah. And th- this is the problem, caller, to be very, very clear, right? This is exactly the problem. Any you only has so much money. So when there are people abusing it and overusing it, we all suffer as a result of that. So the, the exactly. elderly in the community, they should be a priority just as much as children. But the people who are pumping out the children and, and, and making you know such poor decisions with their own lives, they impact all the rest of us. That's why to the last caller's point, it's not free. We all pay in one way or the other. And sometimes we're paying exactly. in the reduction of services that are available for other people who really need it. Mm-hmm. So true. Mm-mm. just pisses me off to see my mom go there. I have to be back and forth. Oh, this, that, such and they'll tell you, you need this, you need that, but at that. When I go there, I see I'm coming out with it. Oh, and, well, miss, I need this. And the landlord asking for this, the landlord asking for that. But my mom not asking for anything. Mm-hmm. My mom just asking them to assist her with the light and water. I'm mm-hmm. unemployed and I'm, I can't help her. And that takes three to four, six months to get back yeah. to my mom. But at that, you can come there with a ballot and get what you right. need. You can go in fosters and shop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And if when you don't want the stuff, you can. And, take and like I said, we feel bad because there are children involved. But at the end of the yeah. day, it's like, come on now, you know there there has to be there has to be a limit to this hot mess of a situation. Really and truly. Exactly. Thank you so much, caller. Then, Appreciate it. On the birth control part, that mm-hmm. is so not true about every Wednesday. Because I am, I don't want any more kids. I'm straightforward. I don't want any more. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling with one now. Mm-hmm. So you can go there. And first thing, the receptionist asks you at the woman's out, are you going to do pop smear or what? Or are you going to do family planning? Once you say family planning, they don't ask you any more questions. They don't ask you some insurance or none. Everything is free. Oh. Don't matter what time you go there, so long you have a plan. Well, I'm gonna ensure that the HSA spreads this message wide, wide and far, because it seems like a lot of people don't even know. No, so thank I you very there. much. You just have to have an appointment. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Okay, thank you so much. Sam. All right, darling. So um, nine three six two six two six is the telephone number. Um, I mean, I am just really, really uh, shocked at this. Somebody actually trying to put in context who this and who this young lady is. And we're going to get um, a little bit more details here. But, you know, she sent this to, to confirm. Now, this is what she said. And, and I don't know if the poor child is confused, but um, some of the information she said, OK, you know, people need to read the full story because she feels like they're judging her without having the benefit of all the information. Well, I read to you guys the Full Compass article this morning, and we are still left with more questions than answers, okay? And um, I don't know what else we're supposed to be um, looking at here to help us, 
But uh, let me be very, very clear. Let, let's step back from the whole um, situation of all these children, which is, is a very critical one, I must say. But now we're talking about your education. What, what's going on here? You're supposed to be there in April in Canada to continue. In the, the Compass article, you're talking about, you know, you might go back, return to Canada where she's been living and studying for the past four, uh, few years. Honey, child, at some point, even your options in Canada are not going to be available to you, especially when it comes to a career path. Because if you don't show up and do what you're supposed to do, uh, what do you think will happen? You're complaining that you can't even walk up the street to get free Wi-Fi because you're huffing and puffing and, and feels like your uterus is about to fall out. How are you going to go and sit down in somebody's job and do a practicum or sit an exam or whatever? I don't know exactly what the practicum entails from this um, Reeves College, but how are you going to do any of that? It says here that the program is 43 weeks in length, Right. You require, you receive standard um, first aid, CPR training, and a certification. Before you graduate, you'll put your skills into practice during a 100-hour practicum in a medical office. How are you going to do that pregnant and getting more pregnant by the day? Because, of course, a pregnancy, your ballet and your situation only, you know, gets more complicated as you move through the pregnancy. I'm confused. I am very, very confused on what your plan is to complete this. Now, like I said, she reached out to us. And in all fairness, I'm going to um, read to you guys exactly what it is that she had to say. Because she was up into the wee hours of the morning, honey child, messaging CMR. Um, so she sent us photos of her residence. Um, she first messaged at, at um, 10.41 p.m. Uh, let, let me just show you all this for, for the sake of, you know, I don't want, I don't want y'all to miss nothing now and say, well, Sandy didn't share that or, you know, she didn't share full information. I'm going to show you all everything. Okay. Uh, let me see now. So this is the long messages that she was sending us at the wee hours of the morning. All of this, she can, she sure can do a lot of typing. That's her. And then um, she's sending us videos of the mold. So this is the mold in the apartment that she's complaining about. And let me be very, very clear about these rogue landlords, right? This is, this is disgusting. It looks like it's outside of a window. Uh, but you have water damage in a place where you have children. You can't give right where it's wrong and you can't give wrong where it's right. Whoever this landlord is should never in a million years be permitted. Listen to me very, very carefully. They should never be permitted to rent to anyone on NAU again. This is where the NAU system needs shaping up in the worst kind of way. Hmm? Government, please get your ish together. Y'all need to have a list of approved NAU landlords. And part of that process is you need to have a team that goes out there and inspects these properties. Some of these landlords are beyond ridiculous in terms of how they expect people to live. In all fairness to this young mother, her and her children should not be expected to live in a mold infested house. Simple as that. This landlord is disgusting. They should be ashamed of themselves. 
NAU needs to have a do not use list. They need to do regular inspections because guess what? Coming back to my point, we the people are paying for accommodations like this. Yeah, this is what we're paying for. And this is horrible. You expect children to live in these type of conditions or anybody for that matter? Mold makes you sick. It can be extremely detrimental to your health. Come on now, this isn't right either. Y'all gotta do better. And government needs to ensure, I get it. I know how hard it must be to find anybody who even wants to take any of you because that's a whole other situation. You have to be patient with your, your receipt of, of money. Um, a lot of people, you know, said that they can't take these people because they come in there with all kinds of shenanigans, some of them messing up your place. It's, it's a hard situation for all involved. And that's why nobody in their right sense should be running to NAU for rental help because this is the kind of uh, landlord that you're going to be getting, unfortunately. Look at this. This is disgusting. So I understand why she would not want to stay there. But let me also make it very clear. Here's the ceiling, right? Water damage. Look like it's about to fall down on you. I've shown you pictures before of mothers having water dripping on the bed. All I can tell you is they stayed there because they felt like they didn't have a choice. Right? She talks about um, uh, her son's dad claiming him and his daughter and the taxes. Child, your situation sounds like a hot mess. So again, it leads me to question why you got married to somebody else and having more children with him. Come on, he from Rotan. All he can do is fish. He don't even have no skills. Well, he claim he can't find a job. Girl, get it together. She says, let me read some of what you sh she says. She says, hello, Sandra. This is Olivia Sanders. I'm writing to notify you the truth behind the Compass post about me and my husband and our children. First off, I'd like to say that the post was originally to state how landlords are dirty and how the government processes WORC um, process is slow, being they state you can't work until a payment of $700 is met. And my question is, how can you get $700 if you're not allowed to work? <laughs> well, Olivia, let me just pause you there. What I would say to you is, why weren't you asking yourself that question before you went and got married to this man in February? Hmm. Y'all know, y'all said, nana boy, Sandy coming to her receipts again. You better believe it. Let me pull up the wedding photo from February and ask yourself this very good question, right? Did you not look into what is required by the Cayman Islands government in order for you to get RERC, what documents are needed? February the 11th, you could go and get married. You could afford to go buy a wedding dress, right? The pictures are here, honey child. You and your mama and, and, and daddy in this picture. Right. Like I said, I have too many questions. Have it make sense. Where you get wedding dressed from? You see, now y'all thinking, oh, Sandy, you're just going overboard now. No, these are the real questions that I have to ask. Because huh? when you have to rely on other people, what the hell? Let me tell y'all something. 
I'm going to get a little bit personal this morning because sometimes I feel like I sit here and I speak on things and you're all like, oh, what does Sandy know? She got a privileged house. She got a big time house and car and this and that and blah, blah, blah. She don't know nothing. Y'all would bet. Y'all would better sit, sit down would be your best bet. Right? The first thing I made sure I did was had a piece of paper in my hand. It's called get your education first. Yeah. Not no marriage coming first before I had my piece of paper. After I had my degree, then he could try to put a ring on it. And he better have had a little job to help himself and to help me as well. I'm not picking up no deadbeat nothing. I'm sorry. Shall I say it again? Men and women, stop picking up people who are of no use to you. This is a partnership. You get married. It's supposed to be for life. Well, y'all know that probably not going to work. But regardless, however many years it last for, it is a partnership. And you have to pick up someone who is bringing something to the table, not just someone who will get you pregnant and have nothing to offer you. Y'all know what I did for a wedding dress? My first wedding? Let me tell you all I'm going to say. First wedding. Here you go. You know what I did? I rented my wedding dress. Yep, you can do that. In the United States of America, you can rent a wedding dress. Y'all think I had thousands of dollars to go and find and waste on a wedding dress? Or for that matter, even hundreds upon hundreds of dollars? No, honey chow. You're wearing it for a couple hours at the most. I was like, what's the most economical way to do this? Did my own little programs myself, right? Didn't have to be no big time wedding. And then the second one, let me tell you what I did this time around. Oh, we're not going to have no big time wedding ceremony, none at all. Because I know, I now know the value, right? Because you know these families, uh, big time. Oh yeah, we got to throw you a big lavish party and this and that. And I said, really? Um, how much you think that could cost? This, this me, you know? I said, well, um, how much do you think uh, that going to be costing? $10,000, $20,000? Y'all be throwing me this big lavish wedding in Jamaica and we want to invite people, family from the UK and this one from this place and that place. Hmm. You know, we're trying to build a life here. We need to get a house. We're going to have a baby. We're going to have lots of expenses coming our way. So I'll tell you what. Let's just go and have a very simple ceremony. We'll just be signing on the dotted line. I love you. You love me. We're all good. Have our witnesses. Your parents are here. We can just enjoy the moment. And whatever money you, you were willing to spend on this wedding and reception and the dress and the this and the that and blah, blah, blah. How about we put that towards a down payment on a mortgage? This is how. We need to start thinking. We've all been foolish financially. Start thinking. Girl, why are you out there getting married? Now, let me be very clear. This is at Simply Weddings. I know they have little packages and whatever, so that's nice and sweet and whatever. But come on, right? You didn't know from the onset that this situation, that you got married this foreign man, Okay, I'm not getting into the marriages of convenience. I'm not going to go there, but you're going to marry this foreign man and you did not know how he was going to stay in Cayman. 
You didn't know that the RERC was going to cost you $700. There's an application and they need to feel like it's not a fraudulent marriage, et cetera, et cetera. You didn't know any of that information. You didn't check into it. What, what do you think? The money can fall out of the sky? Yeah. How, how was this going to work? You all have got to start planning your lives. It's not just the Britney Spears motto. Oops, I did it again. Caller, good morning. Good morning, Sandy. I want to ruffle your feathers a little bit. Jeez, I'm peace. You don't believe they ruffled I enough? You, no, no, no. I'm glad you mentioned mortgage. How many years I on your platform begging for $10,000 for <laughs> down payment and post? And you here talking foolishness up here about the only thing you can help this couple with is a ticket to go back to Canada. What about me? All my life I had to fight and you still not helping me. But, 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 but Cindy, Cindy, my point being, right, that they're saying that the government of the Cayman Islands isn't helping them. They're getting, well, they're trying to get help in Canada. She claims that she's supposed to be um, doing this program in Canada, right? It seems to me that her prospects in Canada are a lot better than they are in the Cayman Islands. So I'm saying that maybe we all need to put together and get them one-way tickets to Canada. It, no, no, we. That is you. You what? saying we. <laughs> it, no, no, we. And oh, my entire Lord. point is I need help. I need help and you're not helping me. You said you would have helped somebody once. Well, I am begging you the little one. But, but Cece, I gave you your help once and just that you're not remembering or you're not counting it as help? When I helped I you get that job. Amnesia. No, no, no. You're suffering from what? Amnesia. Well, then no, I can't help. I can't, I can't help you with no amnesia. But you know I, I will help you if you really need it. But you, you are a capable, able-bodied young woman who can get up and get your behind to work too. But when you needed it by way of a job, who was out there begging job for you? I'm sorry that it happened to have been with Ruthanna, but I did my best. Sure. Oh God, don't mention exactly. But but at least but hello, Cindy. In the moment, in the moment, it was a job, and it is what you needed to be able to help yourself. Am I correct or am I correct? Yes, and that's okay. what I'm going to say now too. Some people genuinely be needing the help and gets the help in better themselves because I'm in a position that I am very proud of myself. You've come a long ways, I, but, but Cindy, you know, Cindy, remember now, remember now, tell the people the full story. Even when you came to me, what was the first thing I said to you? Actually, I helped you get two jobs now that I think about it, but what was the yeah. first thing that I said to you? I said, Cindy, I said, why are you having children? You got one, two minutes. Did I not tell you the same story? I, I did. And I said, Cindy, yes. go get your tubes tied. Now, I'm going to be fair with Cindy. It actually, actually, to be corrected, it was three jobs. I kept you with three jobs? Yes, three. Renaissance um travel pros and oh yes thank you that, i yeah. forgot about them too yeah so we did uh, lo look at that look yeah. all the help i giving you three jobs how many people can say that <laughs> exactly but cindy but cindy i i am very proud of you 
And I always said to people, she's a good worker. Just give her a chance. But Cindy, this is, I'm, I'm glad you called in because you and I had the same conversation about you young girls having these babies. I'm like, stop having children. It slows you down. I know that you love your children, but you cannot afford it. Right? Uh, right? I do what I have to do. And I, I even, Cindy, Cindy, one of the conversations with you and I that I will never forget is after you had number four now, and I said, oh, geez, I'm peace. Because remember, you lost a job because you got pregnant with number four, right? One of the same jobs. Remember, yeah. remember the one CNB? Uh-huh. Yeah, the thing is, CNB, you know, actually, what did So that four jobs I help you get? Is that three or four? Yeah. Three. Okay. But listen to me. Let, let me, let me, let's just stick a pin right there, right? And this is what I tell young people. A lot of these companies, the second you find out or they find out that you're pregnant and they already know you have one or two kids, you become a detriment to them because they're like, oh, shoot. When, when baby number one, six, you're going to be out of work. When baby number two, six, you're going to be out of work. When baby number three, six, you know, they don't see it the same way that you might see it. Like, oh, yeah, if my children's sick, I got to be there for them. Cindy and I had conversations. Let, let me say this. After number three, I said, Cindy, go get your tubes tied. The HSA refused to tie Cindy's tubes, talking foolishness in her ear. Now, I have since reached out to Lizette Yearwood and have clarified the situation. There is no adult woman that should be going to the HSA in this day and age and get turned away and refuse to have her tubes tied because they will tell you all kind of ridiculousness, these, these physicians. Oh, you need your husband's permission. Husband's permission yes. for what? Yes. Yes, you need your I father's permission. Father's permission for what? These are adult women. I asked, I asked the doctor herself. I said, Miss, this my husband bought her or my boy. Exactly. Right. And let me be very clear with this because we have, and I got call a spade a spade. We have Jamaican physicians who work at the HSA. They're working in OBGYN and whatever. They, they themselves come from a mentality where a woman just pushes out children as many as she can have. That's what happens in Jamaica and other places in the world. And they're not thinking about family planning. So when you go to them and you're 25, and you say, miss, I already have two or three children. I'm done. And I want to get my tube side. They make it difficult for you to do so. And they should not be doing so. That is their own prejudices and their own mentality coming into play. And as Cindy but said, are those physicians going to be helping you? I would have said no, to her, when the next baby comes, you going to help me raise that child? Let me say this, though. When I was CND, not one day did I never show up. To no, work. I understand. I, I completely I understand. understand. Yes. And that is very, very true. But yet, when, when, they're, when they are looking, but think of it from the perspective of, of an employer. When they're looking at, okay, who am I going to hire into the position full-time? Candidate number one, who has no children and no responsibility. Or candidate number two, who's pregnant now, so now she's going to go on maternity leave for a couple months, right? Come back into the job, a newborn at home, y'all know children and babies get sick every other week. They're picking up the cold, the COVID, the this, chicken pox, chicken gunya, everything under the sun. An employer is hesitant, even for the best workers, to give you a chance when you're coming, especially with younger children. That's just the reality of it. 
And then after baby number four, I was in Cayman Brock. Here you know. Hold on. I was in Cayman Brock on the phone. My husband told me to get off the phone because this was supposed to be a vacation. I'm in Cayman Brock on the phone having hours-long conversation with Cindy going back and forth, taking away from my family vacation time to convince Cindy, now is the time to get your tubes tied. You cannot have a child number five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. Now, Cindy, you still with me? You remember, you remember what you remember the arguments that you gave me of why you should not get your tube side? One of the things you said is, oh, Miss Sandy, I'm so young that in the next 10 years, I'm gonna get a house and I'm going to get have a house. And then what if I won't have another child after I have my house? What did I tell you? I said, Cindy, the chances of you getting a house are gonna be slim to none if you keep having children. That doesn't make any sense. And I also said to you, take it as someone who had her first and only child in her early 40s. When you hit your 40s, you don't want to be having children if you already got four. You're done. Exactly. When they can start helping themselves, you must say praise the Lord and amen and don't have no more. What I'm saying, right, Sandy, us that have kids, yeah, we shouldn't have them young, but I don't regret my kids. However, a lot of us, like myself, does not make kids limit us or stop us when you have ambition in your genes. Yes, but Cindy, I understand that, but let me put this to you this way. And of course, nobody regrets their children. But if you didn't have four children in your life, you know how much farther you could be ahead to offer one or two children a better opportunity? No, actually, like I told you in the last conversation, my kids saved me because if I never had nothing to live for, I don't think I'd been living. Honestly, no, I mean, but, but listen, listen to me. Um, the, the, re the reality is this. How much harder is it to feed four mouths versus two or one? Well, you see, being that I'm here in the position, it is hard, Sandy, but mm -hmm. I do it. Yeah, no, I, I get it. You don't have, you're not gonna have a choice. You're gonna to have to do it. And that's why anytime that I'm in a position to help you, but you know, I believe in tough love, Cindy. You know, you're not coming to me begging for no vacation money because I'm gonna tell you, just like I would tell any, just like I would tell anybody else, Cindy, now this is the real world. You needed to think about vacations and these luxuries because a vacation is not, um, that's not a need, that's a want. You needed to think about that beforehand. So if you got to have a little bit of tough times, right, to then teach not just you, but also your own children, that we have a tight belt around here. Mama can't be flossing and taking you to Miami and Orlando and the zoo and this and that because this is the sacrifice I'm having to make to make sure there's food on the table, that we can pay the basic bills. They're, they're going to learn lessons. They're going to learn lessons about growing up a little bit tougher, right? If I say to you, Cindy, here's $10,000 now, go and have a nice vacation. Your children are going to believe that, that, that how life is and things just come easy. And you can go on vacation at the expense of whomever, whenever you feel like it. And that is sending them the wrong message. If you give me 10000 you know I wouldn't use that on no vacation. Give me the 10000 and let's eat in. <laughs> you girl, you must have thought I was born this size. We know we know at least five thousand that go in Miami. Try and hush. Anyway, oh, Cindy, no. um, I appreciate that you are um one of the ones that is doing your best 
and really, really trying hard. All I can tell you is keep it up. And you know, if you were really in need, if you were hungry, you know, I'm there for you. Just like I help you with those jobs, I'm going to be there for you. But I know Ramilia feeding you and then some. Bye-bye. We got another caller on the line. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the program. You see, this is a little thing called tough love, y'all. My aunt showed me a lot of tough love in a lot of different ways, and it not killed nobody yet. Some of y'all need to try it. Morning, caller. Yeah, Sandra. Oh. I don't always agree with your conversation, but I have to support you this morning. 100%, if it's such a thing as 200%, I support you. Thank you, We need to put a minimum or put a cap, if it sounds better. We need to put a cap on some of these people that are having these children, and we will see at the end of the year how much money our treasurer has saved. Mm -hmm. It's a shame what they're doing to this country when it mm -hmm. comes to babies, mm -hmm. because most of them don't know their babies' mm -hmm. fathers. Mm -hmm. It is a shame, and it's a crying shame. And I have blamed the politicians for over 40 years. Each and every one of them has played their part. Yep. Yeah, we, 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 we become a welfare state. With what was going on. It is wrong because, Sandra, I had one. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to go back 40 years ago yesterday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I know children does not change mm -hmm. situations. Yeah, that's true. And that's why I only had one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My daddy is dead 23 years in October coming of this year. And you know what my daddy told me 23 years ago before he died? Mm. I don't want to call my name, but mm -hmm. I know you know who I am. Mm -hmm. He said, jobs are like men. When you get to know them, you know them all. Mm. And let me repeat it. Mm -hmm. He said, jobs are like men. When you get to know one, you know them all. Mm -hmm. So you do not need to have this bag load of children mm -hmm. for these men mm -hmm. after man, man after man, because mm -hmm. someone got four or five baby fathers. Yeah. You better believe but it. At the end of the and day, we all know we it. Not gonna, it's not going to keep no man either. We all know that. But this is what I'm saying. Yeah. My dad told me 23 years ago before he died, mm -hmm. he said, Jobs are like men. When you get to know one, you know them all. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what it is about having these children, and I love my daughter dearly. Oh, yes. I love my daughter dearly, and not every day we see it eye to eye either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I, was learned, I learned a lot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from my situation that I can tell you. There's not no man out there today with my experience if I was 16 mm. would make me go through that again. Mm. That's right. So I think it's because we want to live off the system and we know that the system are going to be there for us. Mm. But if we have politicians that would put the laws in place mm -hmm. and say, listen, mm -hmm. there's a cap. We will assist you with two, three children. After that, you're on your own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we yeah. need to put a cap to it. Yes. And until we get politicians that have the guts or the balls yep. to do what we got to do that is best That's for right. this country, That's right. including the subject at hand, mm -hmm. it will never be no better. That's right. So I will leave you there. Sandra, Thank you, my dear. Like I, said, I do not agree with you with a lot of things that you said. Mm -hmm. I don't try to get onto the talk show anymore, mm -hmm. but I couldn't hesitate today but calling mm -hmm. in to give you my honest support. I appreciate Thank you. it. And God bless us as a nation. Yes. And may God continue to bless 
our beloved island. I thank you thank very you much. Nine three six two six. Thank you, honey. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, you know, this is one of the things that I say to people. I personally am not here to uh, make any friends. I keep telling you all this, and believe me, I got more than enough. I don't need any more. But when we have to have difficult conversations like this, this is not a conversation that is is nice to have, to hold our young people accountable, to ask them tough questions that obviously nobody else is asking of them. I say to you, just like that caller, this is what politicians in this community should be doing. And that's why every time one of you say, oh, but Sandy, you should run for politics, I would say, pump your bricks. No, thank you. Because when I need to get on my little soapbox and tell you all the cold hard truth, and y'all not gonna like me, I can say like it or lump it, I don't care. Politicians can't do that or they won't do it. I don't know which one it is. Because again, they need you to vote for them. When you're not paying my bills and I don't need you to vote for me, I honestly could care less what you think. But we need people who can tell you, stop the cycle of poverty. Stop the cycle of dysfunctionality. Get your lives together. Family planning, life planning, these things are important. She just got got married in February and now she's four to five months pregnant. The woman claims that she does not even know how far along she is. Listen to this foolishness now. She says, that being said, I'd like to say that I'm currently supposed to be, here you know, she don't even know, I'm supposed to be four to five months pregnant. I can't even get an ultrasound because they charge over $200 just for an ultrasound. And that's not including the hospital bills that come with it. Didn't somebody just tell me that when you go to HSA, you know, especially if you need um, birth control, whatever, that stuff is free. I don't know if she was on NAU. I'm assuming she should have been getting um, free medical. So none of this makes any sense to me. I have a lot of questions, right? She goes on to say that I'm a college student in medical school at Reeves College in Canada. My husband is awaiting his rights to work. The way he helps is from working underneath the table. Here the foolishness now. Again, perpetrating illegal activity in our own little country. I bet you he never told the compass that. According to the compass story, he's out there fishing. She says the way he works is underneath the table. Why are you gonna pick up this man? that has to work underneath the table. And if he's working underneath the table, you mean to tell me since February, you can't find $700 underneath the table to pay for his RERC? None of it don't make no damn sense. And as them old people say, you must pick sense from nonsense, right? Then she talks about how the landlord was cutting off the AC, refusing to fix the black mold in the house, and he cut off the lights and water, which NAU was paying for. So why is he cutting it off if they're paying for it? He took the down payments and refused to fix the place uh, when we had no ventilation in our room. Caller, good morning. Good morning. Mm-hmm. What a mess. Good morning. How are you? I'm very grateful. How are you? My dear, glad to hear your voice back on the show. Thank you. <laughs> I was calling for quite a bit and I couldn't get oh. sure. Oh, gosh. And I wrote. I wrote two messages and I didn't see. Let me make sure let me make sure everybody can hear you now. Hold on one second. Can can everybody okay. hear the caller? Keep keep speaking for me, caller. 
okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I was saying that I had written two messages. Oh, okay. And I didn't see them displayed, so I wasn't sure what was going on with my messages. Mm-hmm. And that's what prompted me to call. Oh, yes. Um, anyway, I've got a very painful throat here. Mm. But I, 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 I must say that this subject you're talking about, this is one that needs and is worth repeating mm-hmm. on a daily basis. You could actually um, delegate. Mm. And over your show every day mm. with this. My take on it, mm-hmm. and I'm a Caymanian woman, and there's no human being that loves children mm-hmm. more than I do. But bringing children in this world, in my opinion, is the biggest responsibility mm-hmm. a human being can take right. on. Mm-hmm. Because that's a life that you brought here. Those children didn't ask to come here. And I want to make a comment regarding any of you. Mm-hmm. I blame them mm-hmm. for what we have now become, mm-hmm. which is a welfare state. Mm. First of all, they need to work with the education department and make sure that sex education, family planning, yes. and everything that goes with that Amen. is taught in the school. That's right. From middle school, because we know the children yes. having sex pretty young. Yes. So let's start early. Teach our young people, and I say people, meaning boys and girls, mm-hmm. what it is when you want to become sexually active, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what that responsibility is. Unfortunately, we have also become a culture where our young girls and young boys have this mentality mm-hmm. that it's a competition. The boys believe they are men. And of course, the first order of the day is I got to get a baby. And mm-hmm. then he's got two and three girls circling him. And the girls then, the mentality is, well, if I get pregnant for him, he'll be with me. Well, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. And this is where NAU needs to say, listen. We are willing to give you a hand up, mm. but not a handout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I have said this for years that when these people have five and six little children, little sufferers that mm-hmm. they're born in this world, and they go to NAU looking for help, NAU should say, We are willing to help you, but you have to help yourself. Now, here is how we're going to help you. Mm-hmm. And if you accept these terms, we are going to help you. One, you either make sure you take the birth control by way of that injection because they ain't going to do it otherwise, mm-hmm. or you have your tube side. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're not willing to do that, we are not going That's to right. help you. Yeah. And in addition, try to assist them with finding gainful occupation. That's right. But they're ready to hand out as soon. Mm-hmm. As the bell starts to rise, mm-hmm. they're there at NAU and they're gladly handing out. Mm-hmm. Now, let me show you the flip side of that. Mm-hmm. There are people who also need assistance mm-hmm. for help. They go to NAU and NAU will flatly refuse them mm-hmm. with help for help. And I'm not talking about women and pregnancy, mm-hmm. I'm talking about other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know of a person that had an incident. They required 
uh, major, major surgery, mm -hmm. and it had to be done in two parts. Mm -hmm. The doctor that did it, well, did it in two parts, and the second part, he refused to do it because the person did not have insurance. Mm -hmm. And the doctor recommended to the person to go to NAU and ask for assistance to pay for the second part of the surgery, which was very necessary. And that person was given the runaround and the runaround. And I mean, it was clearly, clearly obvious mm -hmm. that the person mm -hmm. needed the surgery. But as a result, the person didn't get the surgery and they ended up dying. Now, you see, to me, that's cruelty. Because mm -hmm. that was a person you could have helped. And that was a one-time help. That person wasn't getting pregnant every year mm -hmm. and coming to you and asking you to hand out. Mm -hmm. And the person was actually on a job, but hadn't been there long enough to be covered by insurance or something like that. I don't quite remember how the insurance part went, mm -hmm. but it didn't have insurance, okay? Mm -hmm. And they're the kinds of things that, NAU need to really assess yes. and ask themselves, is this the brand that we want? These are mm -hmm. our Caymanians. Is this the generation mm -hmm. that we want to leave behind? Now, I'm all for Caymanians populating Cayman. Mm. Okay? But we need the right kind mm. of Caymanians to populate Cayman. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Our young people need to be taught and it needs to start in the schools. Mm -hmm. They spend more time at school than they spend at home. So this is something that NAU, in conjunction with our education department, mm -hmm. really needs to take a tight grip on. Anyway, I thank you for taking Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. And, and I appreciate everything that you're saying about this. And I do agree with your comments regarding NAU and the terms and conditions they must mm -hmm. put down. Forget about human rights, because they ain't walking mm -hmm. in to help mm -hmm. our country and our people. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate I, it. Ha have a wonderful day. You too. And this, the sad thing is, is you know, um, the money that we're spending on NAU can be diverted into other social programs that would actually benefit our young people. We have young people who are at risk. Um, and, you know, those young people need as much help as possible. But if we're hemorrhaging money on the one hand with, with you know, um, NAU, it impacts everything. It impacts our bottom line. We cannot continue this welfare state um, mentality that we are, are, are heading towards, you know. And it's like 20% of the people using up 80% of your budget. Because this isn't that. This isn't most Caymanians. I don't want people who are listening to this program and perhaps are even, you know, have some, um, you know, we have a huge expat listenership. They're listening to the program. They're thinking, wow, how many Caymanians is this? Let, let's put it at 15 or 20%. That is 15 or 20% too many. We should be teaching our people to be as self-sufficient as possible. What is the old saying? You give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. You teach him how to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Giving people the necessary tools and the skills that they need, right? To earn their own, to support themselves and their families. Now, somebody said, we have so many questions around the particulars of this situation with um, Olivia. Someone said that, um, you know, she says she's supposed to be four to five months pregnant then how does she know she's pregnant with twins if she's never had an ultrasound? 
Um, hold on. Where's my crickets button? Do I have a crickets button? Do y'all hear that? The crickets button. So I can't hear nothing. Oh, there you go. The crickets button so silent. I I can't even hear the crick and the crickets. That Jesus, please have this make sense. How do you know you're having twins? If on the other hand, you claim in what you sent to me that you can't even afford to get an ultrasound. Did the good Lord come down and you had a divine moment with him and he told you you're pregnant with twins? Or was just or was that just a bit of embellishment in the story to make it even more interesting for the compass to write about? Hmm. I don't know. What I know is you've said two things that contradict themselves and very, uh, thank you for the aid. A something-year-old astute listener to the program who picked up on that inconsistency. Anyway, landlord issues. We can't give the landlord right. We've talked about that. That's deplorable. That's disgusting. We've given NAU a workable solution. Start doing inspections. Um, You know, blacklisting people. There's certain people you will not work with. Now, let me also clarify something for those of you who are a little bit confused about how NAU works. It is not NAU's responsibility to help her find housing. NAU will pay for the housing, just like they give you food vouchers, but they're not going to go shopping for the food for you. Yes, they give you a card so you can go and shop for your own self. So that is not NAU's responsibility. So when she gave up her apartment without having another place secured, and gone now and live in the beat on the beach. She says her father has cancer, blah, 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 whatever the situation is there. It makes me wonder, once again, how much thought did you put into any of that? Why didn't you try to secure, and I know it's hard, but why didn't you try to secure another location first? Then she claims she went to stay with family and they basically put her out is what she said. You know, it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of mess going on around this one person. I'm not really having a whole lot of sympathy for her. She says, before anybody else opens their mouth incorrectly, let me just state that my two children is not for my husband. Okay, so now you got more than one baby daddy. I don't know if that makes you look any better, honey child, but anyway, it's not for my husband. He is their father figure. My son's father is trying to claim my kids on his taxes for money. Mind you, I don't get child support from anyone. And once again, that's why you must stop breeding for people, especially when they not know damn good. I'm just saying. Do not have children for these men because they not know good and they're not going to be paying no child support. Did you need a globe? Uh, what are, what are see-through globes called? A fortune-telling globe to, to make you see that? Who is that joker? Sounds like he's in Canada. So I bet you he wasn't paying for the first one. He went and got pregnant by him a second time. Now you're going to get pregnant by this new husband too. Y'all ain't got no damn sense. Um, he's claiming that I haven't had my children ever since they were born. You see all the mixed up story, you know? Because of that, it's giving me trouble through the government in Canada. Girl, you need, you need, a, you need a lifeline. Don't be going and talking to the compass and now you, you're forced to put all your business out there. You need some serious intervention. They seized all of my accounts. Here you know. Here comes the real 411. I told y'all I got to bring it to you as best I can. Um, 
I'm trying to see if I can move this screen over here. All right. So she says that they seized all of her accounts, the government data. The Canadian government has seized all of her accounts, stating that I owe them back from when I was getting child tax from the government there. Oh, so that's why they haven't approved your application and it's pending because they feel like you've been taking advantage of the system. Wow. Okay. Let's continue reading. Like I said, I'm a medical student and a full-time mom. The reason being that I was in NAU because of my father, he currently has cancer and is extremely sick. Mm -hmm. I did not say that I want no more kids. I stated that I'm pregnant. People need to stop switching the story to make S, expletive, look so bad when I'm not even anyone's business, given the fact that I'm married. Hold on him now, honey chill. This is again where you need to get the facts. You are somebody's business. You're all of our business when you go and apply for NAU. You know what else NAU should start doing? Now I know y'all not gonna like this idea. They need to start printing all of the NAU clients publicly. So we can see how many all showing up at Capella, how many all flossing out in these streets. Every time I go to the nail salon, you get nails done, hair done, bonka done, this done, um, toenails done, fake toenails put on, all this kind of foolishness. And yet you NAU's number one client. Y'all remember Eve High Voltage? How she inadvertently exposed herself, right? Going and getting plastic surgery done and then had the nerves, go watch the video for yourselves, to come on this program and said that, yes, she's a Jamaican, but she has Caymanian children with a Caymanian husband. And so therefore the government of the Cayman Islands must take care of her Caymanian children and what she does with her money is her business and how she can, she can buy the, here, this is she doing her weave. Oh yeah, I can buy the best weave in the, in the world and the longest wigs and weave and blah, blah, blah. That's not NAU's business. I'll get you, I'll tell you why. She got a wake up call after that from NAU. NAU fixed her business. They said, hold on a second. What did you say? You had money for plastic surgery to get this designer body? Boobs done, liposuction, tummy tuck. Um, what do you call it? BLT, BBL, whatever it's called. Um, butt implants, the works. You can go out flossing every weekend, going to parties. You'll be the first one and the last one to shut down the party. Boat cruise, right? Ah, throwing dollar bills. It's like, make it wait, make it rain. What do you call it? Make it rain. You got, you can do all of that. But when it comes to feeding your children, paying your rent and taking care of those obligations, you down at NAU office every single minute begging for government's help. Start publishing the list. She's not the only one who is abusing and using the system. We need to know who's on the list so we can inform y'all. Mm -hmm. When y'all see them out of these boat cruises, NAU take a good look, start calling them out. Mm -mm. So anyway, poor child. She's now in hot trouble apparently in Canada. I bet you that's why she, that's a real reason why she's not going back there too quick. Um, okay. You see, you see all the missing bits of the story that are not in the compass story, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I tell you what. So um they, they've seized her account, she says. And the only reason, um, okay, so she says because she's married, that's not our business. It is your business because you're any you client, and we're the ones who are paying for your bills. So come on now. Uh, the only reason why I'm on Compass 
there is because we wanted to state how dirty landlords are. Well, I don't think Rajma got the memo of how you wanted her to write the story. She wrote the story that she thought needed to be written, and I'm glad that she did. Hmm. Um, Because it's not really just about landlords. This is about your hot mess of a life, if truth be told. Right? We wanted to state how land, how dirty landlords are and how slow W-O-R-E-R-C is with paperwork. Even though you extend your paperwork, it seems like nowadays the government wants you to wants you to steal, rob, or kill just to get where you need to be. Nothing is wrong with getting a boost to become a better person. Uh, what? Chai, you're getting more than a boost. You're getting way too much now. And I dare say that I'm not so sure it's making you a better person. And that's the problem. Right? Everybody, see, you're not improving yourself. Why aren't you in Canada completing your school? Oh, the Canadian government has frozen your money? You didn't tell the compass that very important bit of information. The devil is in the details, woman. Come on now. Get it together. And this isn't about the Caymans government. It's not the government's obligation or responsibility to manage your life. You manage your own life. Y'all not ready. Right? You married. Well, if you're such a big time married woman, you and your husband figure it out. You need a boost to become a better person. We are going to overtime this morning, folks. Hang tight with me. The right way, everything I do is to make my kids have a better life than I ever did. Well, Jesus, if if you if your kids have a better life than you, Lord Jesus, I, I hate to see what your life was like. She said, my kids are always fed, clothes, and have a roof over their head. Even if it's a tent, okay, or not, people want to feel, feel bad, yes. I'm not asking for any sympathy. I just want everyone's eyes to be open on the matter that Cubans get helped more than Caymanians. Stop talking nonsense. You see now? This is where y'all have, listen, listen to me. You see the ignorance that we're dealing with? Cubans get more help than Caymanians. You know where the Cubans are housed at? Would you like to go up there and stay with them? I'm sure we can arrange for you and your children to go up there and, and, and spend at the Civic Center. You'll be hanging your clothes outside same way and getting chicken pox and malaria and whatever else them poor Cubans up there catching. They're not getting any more help than Caymanians. You were in a private residence. Granted, it may not have been the best option in the world. This is the ridiculousness. This is the foolishness that people just throw out. Cubans getting more help than Caymanians. Mm -hmm. And now you're claiming that you didn't say, oh, because my parents came on and the government must help me. The government needs to say, we don't have to help you, woman. You need to help your damn self. <clears throat> right? Then she says, um, by the way, the other confusion here is about this whole situation. W-O-R-C is so slow with paperwork. Yes, they're slow with paperwork. But you never said that was the issue in the compass. You claim you don't have the seven. And you said it earlier here. You don't have the $700 to pay. So if you don't submit your RERC application and you don't have the money to pay for it. And I don't know that the RERC is $700. I have no clue that as a matter of fact, I'm going to ask that question because I thought you just paid an application fee. Hold on. Let me get the answer to that. Now, I feel like that's wrong as well. Um, you know what I'm saying? I don't even, 
I don't even know what, what it is you're talking about. But you admit that your husband working under the table. So what's the problem? Where's the money going? And I wonder if any of you knows that he's working under the table because that is supposed to be contributing to your income. Y'all see the foolishness? She says, which is not fair. Yes, I can get up and get a job. Well, please do. But where is the support for somebody to watch my children while I go to work? I have nobody to do so right now. I am currently in Canada. Mm, uh, no, you're in Cayman. Uh, with two children awaiting to graduate. No, you need to do your practicum, which is 100 hours. And until you do that, you can't graduate. And it's not medical school. It's like WTF, right? Waiting to graduate, me and my husband had to fish every day. Fish we had to catch conks and sell them, that could be illegal too, just to get the money for me to get on the plane every single day. What plane every single day? Where are you, where are you going on a plane every day? I'm confused. To get on a plane every single day? Or are you saying that you're selling the kungs every day to try to get on a plane? Well, all y'all need to get on a plane together, honey child, and we can fundraise and get you them plane tickets sorted out. We will send you back to Canada and let the Canadian government sort out your frozen accounts and everything else that they have going on. We'd also walk the beaches and ask people if they want us to rake up the seaweed in their backyard or do any yard work we did that was for uh, about two weeks straight in order for me to make the money to get back to Canada. So why are you still here? I'm confused about what she's saying. She's making it sound like she's not in, in Cayman. Y'all hear this? Is she in Cayman or not? I'm confused. She said, my husband is still in the Grand Cayman Islands. He's awaiting his rights to work paper and his residency. He's already has a job offer waiting for him. So you're not in Cayman, but the husband is? So who did the, who did the Compass interview? Y'all see how this story is, is getting more confusing by the minute? She says, my husband is still in the Grand Cayman Islands. He is awaiting his rights to work paper and his residency. He already has a job offer waiting for him. He was working under the table, but people started to notice us <laughs> that it was illegal in the Grand Cayman Islands. All I got to say now is people need to shut their mouth unless they know the full background and facts. You cannot say, oh, sorry, not sorry, without knowing the reason why we ended up where we are, where we did. Yes, we were forced to live on the beach because nobody takes any you right away because, as uh, she puts in quotes, they take too long to pay or there's not room in my budget. The last thing I would like to say is that is that you like to say is thank you for the nice painters that could literally feel our pain and helped us whichever way they can. Not only them, but all the people who did, who gave us a chance. I wouldn't be back in Canada safety if it wasn't for you. So she's in Canada and the husband is here doing what exactly? And where are your children? You left your children with this man who's not their father in Cayman? What the hell? Say what? I'm confused. That's what she said. She says, if there are any other questions in the matter, please come back and ask me first, collecting fake news from people who just want likes. Well, honey child, I invited her in the program because we have a bag of questions for her. 
right? She claims there's still lots more to the story and getting talked down isn't without people knowing the right reasons is very wrong. Then she claims that um, she sent some bank account, Canada Revenue Agency, uh, where basically it says, we change your account as follows based on updated information. Canada seems to think that something is is amiss because according to what she sent us, the government of Canada, they they seem to be more on the ball. They have made some deductions. Pay attention, NAU, because y'all need to start doing this too. They have made some deductions from her account, the Canada Revenue Agency. Um, I'm guessing this is some, I don't know what CCB stands for, but this must be some kind of... uh, whatever their assistance service is. So they've debited from July to February over $9,000. They did over $7,000 for 2019, for 2020, over $13,000, a total of $30,887.78. Amount due as of February 24th, 2023. It says this is a summary of the amounts we use to calculate the account balance the amount due is payable as soon as possible. So in my mind, and again, I, I'm not really familiar with like, um, you know, the whole Canadian system and how this works. But it seems to me that she owes the Canadian, I don't know if they're going to make her pay that in real dollars or if they're going to deduct it from any future help that she gets. I don't really know. But according to them, this is what she's really running from, I bet. As of February 24, 2023, they've calculated that she owes the Canadian government over $30,000. When y'all want to talk about Cayman, I want to remind you that it is the responsibility of these government agencies all over the world to hold people accountable. She explains this and says, so this is to show proof that they took $9,329.28 from my bank account. You got a kind of money in your bank account and you live in here and came out on a beach. Come on now. And I now owe, and, and she says, and how I own $7,892.50 for back pay of 2019 and how I also owe $13,666 for the year of 2020 all because my son's dad is claiming him and my daughter and his taxes. I had to pay $17,000 for medical school. Girl, and this isn't medical school to be clear. She says, this is proof that I'm a medical student. And she said this to show that she's a medical student. You're not a medical student. This is a college that offers a medical secretary certification transcriptionist, receptionist, that's not a medical student, okay? Medical office admin, and you've not graduated. So many things here that just don't make no damn sense. Someone, another astute listener to the program said to us, um, 
<laughs> that um, have a look at, they said the same Compass newspaper reported back in 2021 that her brother was jailed for life for murder in Canada. Oh, geez, um, peace. Say what? No, sir. Lord, give me strength to try and understand the story. Now, of course, this isn't directly related to her, but it shows the hot mess that is the entire family. So apparently, she has a brother, according to the compass. Somebody said, this is him. Caymanian jailed for life for murder in Canada. This was September of 2021. Caymanian man living in Canada has been sentenced to life for the shooting death of a Hell's Angel motorcycle club. Oh, I remember this. I think we might have reported this. I can't remember. Calvin Jr. Powery Hooker. Oh, yes. CMR must have had this story. Let me, let me look it up and tell you all now. Because normally I don't look at the compass if I don't have to. Hooker. Let me see. Hooker. Uh-huh. Um, came out and given like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. Okay. Oh, that's him. What a hot mess. I'll give you all this link. You can read it. Um, this woman's life is a hot mess from the word jump. She needs some kind of intervention, but I don't think any of you just giving her a free ride is going to be the solution as she continues to make really, really poor decisions with her life. As I said, and I'm going to say it again, there was so much in this story that just didn't make any sense. It left me with more questions than answers. All right. I mean, come on, girl, get your life together. You're right in hot water with the Canadian government saying you owe them money. The husband is from Rotan. Nobody here helping you. Is there a possibility that you could go to Rotan? Does he come from a stable home in Rotan. Put up your hands. Everybody paying attention in the classroom. Put up your hands for those of you who believe that he probably comes from a good home, that she could move to Rotan and her and her children would be safe. By show of hands, not me. There are probably more danger there, unfortunately. Hmm? The, the, this is the, the, these are the decisions that you're making? You know, you owe somebody over $30,000, not somebody, the, the Canadian government, over 30 grand, and you gonna pick up a man with what skills? What job can he do? You say he's got a job offer. What job can he do? If somebody wants to hire him, have them advance him the $700 for this RERC, which like I said, I'm pretty sure it ain't no $700. I I'm confused. I got to look into what the RERC thing is, but I did it, what, seven plus eight years ago. And I'm sure it wasn't those $700. In fact, I've said that we're making it too easy for people to come in this country and get RERC and be able to work right away. That status should be more than what it is. It's a privilege to become a Caymanian. Because when you leave it like this, you open up the possibility that people are going to abuse and misuse the system. I don't know. Resma says she's four months pregnant. She claims she don't know. So I don't know where all this information is from. Resma says she's four months pregnant twin. She claims she don't know because she can't afford an ultrasound. The story is just not making no sense. 
Yeah. Can't stay with relatives. Had a fall nut with them. I had a young lady yesterday say to me, Sandy, I've, I've got an apartment. You know, I'd be willing to put this family up. I said, don't you dare. Don't you dare put them up. Because in a month's time, you're going to be coming to me, Thomas CMR. Can you help me get these people out of my apartment? I said, you can see trouble coming. And this is trouble. I said, I appreciate you wanting to help people. And like I said, nobody I got a bigger heart than me, especially when it involves children. But don't be stupid. You know how many times I've even thought to myself, oh, man, I would love to foster a little baby, take in a kid, like help other people. And then I'm like, no, I like my peace and quiet. I like normality. I'm not looking for chaos in my home. And sometimes we, we trying to help people. All we do is introduce chaos into our own homes. Don't do it. I don't know why the landlord was turning off all the utilities again. I have no, I have no clue why that would happen. She had a conflict with the relatives. She couldn't stay with them. She says, this isn't what I want for my kids. You know, I want a better life for them. Well, you're not making decisions, unfortunately, that is going to allow them to have a better life. A husband not sleeping at night, he fanning off mosquitoes, that's not going to help. And yet, you know, the worst part about this now is there are people who don't know the full story because she, she lambasting us and viewers out there who don't know, oh, y'all judging me and you're opening your mouth, keep your mouth shut. Even when we know, we, you've told us the full story now, right? And we know more of the details. It doesn't look good. And there are people who go out there seeing your situation, seeing you on the beach with these children and are questioning what on earth is going on in the Cayman Islands. You're making us all look bad. And I know that's why people actually do this, why they go out on the beach and they're very kind of public with how they are. Because trust me, there's a lot of bush that they could go in that nobody would never know that they're there. But they go out on beaches where they have access to tourists, where they can beg for money um, because they know that's going to get them attention. And then the attention makes government look bad. And then the government is going to jump up, as Sophia said, and get them a house. That's what people be counting on. They got a pet lizard named Rango. Really? I want to meet Rango. How did he become your pet li lizard exactly? Only, he's the only one lizard that's out there? I mean, it's just, the article is meant to tug at your heart. But when you look at it and you really ask some tough questions, you have to really wonder. So you take your children from a home that you say, okay, they're being exposed to mold. Mold is horrible. Now they're being exposed to, you say, sea lice, a stinky mess, out in elements, mosquitoes and all this kind of stuff. Is that better really than where you were? Hmm? Does that make any sense? I mean, you're supposed to be trying to step up in life, not go backwards. I don't know, my love. Let me read some of your WhatsApp questions. Um... So RERC application is $300. So I'm not really sure. Application section 32. Um, oh, no, no, no. My apologies. Uh, section 311A. Our, uh, residency and employment rights certificate, spouse of a Caymanian. Application for the grant or renewal of a um, RERC by the spouse of a Caymanian is $300. Hmm. So she got that wrong. It's not $700, it's 
Okay. There's an issue fee um, for the RERC. Maybe this is where she's combining the two. By the spouse of a Caymanian of $400. So I guess she's taking the 300 and the 400. Okay. But apply first. It's $300 supply. You already know WRC taken forever. So you apply, you got $300. By the time they get around to actually issuing it, you can get the next $400. You don't need $700 right away, I don't believe. And there's no annual fee for this RERC. There's a one-off fee. These people just not. Let me see. Let me ask if it has to be paid together because I can't remember. Um, somebody says, uh, "OMG, I know them. Yes, yes, they live Rock Hole. Uh, they live Rock Hole Schoolhouse Road. I have to give you the scoop here. You know, girl, she was living with Herbert Smith, her father." was claiming that, she, this is the same people, that he was was claiming he was for Herbert. They did a DNA test, did not match. Claiming he, who was he? Who, who? claiming she, she was living with Herbert. Her father's claiming he or she was for. Okay, let's clarify if they're coming here or she. Um, now you have, now you have to, Call when you're done. Yes, sir. This is scoop now. Ask her where her mother is and father in Cayman. Ask her. Okay. Ask her. <laughs> ask her where her mother is and her father is in Cayman. Her father beats the mother. She was with a Jamaican first, the same girl. You know she was living schoolhouse road. Her father's on drugs. Please don't, don't call my name. Mm -mm. Her father was claiming that he was for Herbert. Oh, and he's not, is what you're saying. They did a DNA test and did not match. What a hot mess. Okay, so I confirmed that yes, that the 300 and the 400 need to be paid up front. Okay, okay. They say her father is Donald Hooker and no, he's not for Herbert. All right then. What a hot mess. No, sir. Um... Somebody else says, moral of the story, stop having children if you cannot afford them. Stop expecting handouts. <clears throat> the world owes no one a living. Uh, then they said, I miss my friend, Miss Brenda. Say, Miss Brenda, people miss you, child. They say, church hot today. I have two sons that I'm obligated to take care of, and I'm not picking up nobody else's son to support. Nobody not taking children from my children. No, nobody not taking nothing from my children. Mm -mm. Um, good morning. I was told by NAU client that the more children you have, the more they give you and it's free. I was like, no, it's not free. We, the rest of us have to pay for it. Two and a three-year-old still in diapers. Why is the husband not working? Agree hundred percent. Um, and then they say that this person who told them about NAU being free went on to have three more children, total of six. They have plenty of time and energy to spend, uh, to spread them legs, but can't use that energy to keep and maintain a job. Yes, sir. Mm -mm. 
Um, but her husband needs to get paperwork sorted out to go Canada to live. This story gets more confusing. You know what? It would actually be um, easier for the husband to go Canada because, you know, um, y'all Canadians are very, very liberal and you let in anybody. The terrorists, everybody can go through Canada. So tell them go Canada. Although they, they look like they might be camp camping, camping down, clamping down as well. Uh, this person says a suggestion. The employees of the NAU need to, to get moved from their desk and get on the road. View the case applications for every recipient. I bet that's when we, the people, um, could save so much. Yes, sir. Morning, caller. Morning, Sandra. You cannot stop that. She must have wrote, wrote your book. Hmm. Honest there. to God, the, t the time that she took to make two two more on the way children she should have taken that time and go and get herself fixed but if, if she if she's in canada now which she claims you know what I, you know what i don't understand if she's back in canada now why doesn't she go there and get free health care i'm pretty sure it's free yes exactly exactly are we supposing to take in the whole world and then the working people be responsible for them. Hmm. I had one and I raised them and then I helped my sister and they're all groomed and got good jobs. Thank God. Mm -hmm. But it's a struggle. Mm -hmm. I know it's a struggle to raise children. You know that to give them an education. I'm wondering how does those children get even a proper bath. Where does the fresh water come from? Mm -hmm. Do they go to school? Do it's so many questions. We we got to get down hard on any government that is in now or before. Mm -hmm. We should have did it a long time before because this is ridiculous. What would be in white natures in white natures? What are they going to take which they seem worse? Mm, and mm, but then I then I expect to come to this little two by two island and see this kind of thing. Honest to God, I feel that that my heart is going to tear out for those poor little children. Mm, mm, Woman, when you have these children look for something to do and so these children can get an education and a proper home to live in thank you sandra good morning mm -hmm. but you she wrote you a book everybody can a this morning. book yeah thank you carla i appreciate it um this person said that they're scratching their head they're confused <laughs> Another uh, lady said that um, th the more I read, the more confused she gets. She's like, that's a bag of mix up. Uh, this person says, but Canada, um, Canadian government will give each money until they're 18 years old, free health care, free school. So why is she here? Then plus, um, if their kids, if the kids are born with any sickness, the government give them extra money for that too. But if she owes the Canadian government any money, they will take it back. Um, and she'd have to pay it off in full. You see, this is a problem now. This is really what she's running from. Now with the story starting to make a little bit more sense. There's a debt 
that is owed in Canada, why she run in Cayman. So her name is Hooker. That's why she's related to um, the same one. Apparently her father's Donald Hooker. So now it starts to make sense in terms of the family connection with the murderer in Canada. Um, she take money from the government. She maybe uh, was a welfare, was on welfare. So any amount of money the government gave her once you come off of it, you have to pay them back. My hospital bill for using the hospital phone was $2.50. Which hospital phone? This one says she's just a big bag, a big ball of confusion. Um, sounds that she needs mental help, not any use as another person. And this person says, while I agree that she's made some bad choices, I note a distinct difference in your approach here. Normally you are a staunch advocate for landlords having reasonable places to rent. And I still am, that has not changed. And for NAU doing their job and paying on time, et cetera. Remember NAU is not, NAU is for just that to help those who've made bad choices too. If we as a society don't help them, then who will? Not everyone is gonna make the best decisions all the time. Well, my problem is people who are not making any good decisions at all. And there um, seems to be no prospect in their future of making any good decisions if we continue to just give them a handout. Hmm. This person says, hey, Sandy, not everyone that is pregnant can't afford to raise a child. Well, definitely, my God, I would hope not. <laughs> We'd really be in a mess then. I'm currently pregnant and own a rent mortgage free home and make enough money to provide childcare to my child, my children. I agree with everything you're saying regards NAU and I'm not on NAU. Well, praise, praise the Lord and continue. May he continue to bless you, my dear. No, I'm like, I'm telling y'all, um, believe me, you, this is like 20% of the population, but the 20% is burdening the entire community so much that it really feels like it's much more than that. Yes. What a hot mess. Um, mm -mm. This person says her father used to be with Dervin, right? And the same boy mixed up in the baby death and came and brought. What a hot mess. Oh, so much mix up, mix up, mix up. Lord Jesus. <sighs> I don't even know what to say. Oh, I'm I don't know. A mess. All right, folks. Um, I am exhausted. Uh, Cameron, what's up? Cameron's in the conversation. Says, Ross, if you buck your toe in the middle of the night, CMR, go and find you. <laughs> uh, don't got to bring up her brother now, says Jesse. Well, I'm telling you, people are like, the dysfunctionality isn't just her. Um, and, you know, the thing about it, to be honest, Jesse, is sometimes we have to understand the environment in which people are coming from. That's why K-Minans be like, oh, fa? They want, they want to summarize real quick how crazy you really is. Is it just a little bit of crazy or is your family so crazy that you're in a different category? I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, so I don't know. So 
Cindy asking if I'm going to give her the $10,000 or not because I already log off. <laughs> Child, I don't give people money. You earn it. You work for it. I can find you another job if you're looking for another job. Hi, right, Miss Jean says, I'll take $3,000 and be happy. Hush, Cece. I want to go to school too. Uh, Shanley says, I tell you one thing. She thinks she will go and open a box of gold and she opened a box of Where's, where's my, um, hold on here. Um, Cindy quote in the Bible says about the Bible says, ask and it shall be added unto you. Yeah. I think the Lord meant you gotta get a job. Uh, Ms. Brenda says you're right, Sandra. It's too easy. That's one of the reasons any you is overburdened. Mm-hmm. Um, so is this person a Caymanian? So yes, I don't know who the hookers are. I'm not familiar where they come from, who he is. Apparently he was claiming to be for some Smith. Um, and that's not the case. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know who these people be. Uh, I still think that Canada is probably still her best bet, to be honest. I know y'all think I'm trying to push on the Canadian government. Maybe I am just a little bit. <laughs> but I think she's going to have more options available in Canada, BC. She done exhausted all those options. She owed them people over $30,000. So they're going to be watching her very, very closely. So now you come to NAU and you're trying to make NAU look bad. I, I'm going to hold NAU accountable when they need to be held accountable. Like I said, I'm not here to curry favor with anybody. Ingrid asked a very, very good question. Can NAU take these children temporarily from them? I don't think any you can do it. The Department of Family and Children Services or Children and Family Services, I think what that's what their name is. They now should be paying very, very close attention to this situation. And they now need to go and remove those children. Now, you know, it's, it makes my heart heavy to ever say to take children from their own mother or parents in general. But sometimes that is not the best environment for children. I would even take one of them, except I don't want her coming to my front door. And that's why a lot of good people are not gonna help children in Cayman because it's too small. And then they can know who have their children. They got want to be rolling up on me. And you know that that's not gonna work out for nobody because I don't want to have to box nobody down and really end up in jail. But I would take what God they're not potty train though. Oh my goodness. I'd have to go through that again. Oh, you know, I would take one. I wouldn't take two, but I would take one and hurry up and get them potty train. And, you know, we could have them in a nice daycare center. Oh, those poor little children. Such a shame. My God. But yeah. Family services, please step up to the plate. Do something. And y'all need to open up your homes, a little bit of foster care. Um, as Brenda says, Sandra, tough love is the best kind. It certainly makes us or breaks us. And if we really want to improve, we will. As long as we're not taught the wrong lessons in life, you keep spoiling them, then this is the result. Good morning to Natasha. Um, I think that's how you pronounce your name. It's a different spelling of Natasha. All the family and financial planning needs to be taught in school. Proper and good sex education is needed. Absolutely, Natasha. 
We need to stop thinking that if we just tell our children to abstain, that that's going to be the only message they need. They need more than that. They need a lot of help. Budget planning, financial planning, you know, break it down. And parents at home, you need to do this too. That's what I'm telling Cindy. Be honest with your children, right? When you just give your children something and they don't understand how you got it or how hard you had to work for it and the sacrifices that you need to make, you're taking them on a trip to Jamaica, to Miami, to this and that. They think, oh, anytime they want to just jump up and go on a plane, they can go. You got to say to them, you know, the sacrifices that had to be made. Maybe you skip paying the CUC bill, which you shouldn't, to take a little vacation. Be honest with your children. This is what mommy had to do this month. I had to reshuffle things around. Every school year, I got by school uniform times four. I got by shoes. Because you should at least have more than one pair, but some of y'all can only afford the one pair because you got four children and that's four pairs. You know, you just got to be honest with children and really let them know that life's not easy out here. And there are lots and lots of sacrifices that are being made to give them a good life. That's the lessons that they need to hear, folks. Don't just let them believe everything they want. Oh, they didn't get PlayStation 5 and they get handed this and handed that and blah, blah, blah sacrifices are being made to give you anything. That's why you make your children earn what they have. Get your little punch cards. I got mine. Make them work for it. Gianna was reminding me last night to give her a punch and her punch card. Yes, you have to work for it. You have to do certain things. You have obligations. Even as a five and six-year-old, try to instill these messages in your children. Jane says, um, Cindy, my husband and I both work full time and find it hard to make ends meet with the increases here. And Miss Jean, I hate to give you a reality check, but that's going to be anywhere in the world. Everybody is struggling right now. No word of lie. I'm reading news from all over the world. Their parents right in the big United States of America who are having to cut out buying certain things for their children because they simply cannot afford it. Miss Aline says family planning must be treated as such. Plan the family. And Vanessa says that's why she's only sticking with the one child. Miss Jan says, Sandy, I have one child and I don't want anymore. He's 13 years old and the HSA refused to tie my tubes after I had him. But I got my birth control and not having any more came out is too expensive and hard. And Miss Aline, I don't know how long ago, I'm assuming that was 13 years ago after you had him. You're probably very, uh, Miss Jan, sorry. You're probably still of childbearing age. I can tell you now, if you want to get your tubes tied, they're not going to deny you that because I have been under a case to stop denying women the right to have their tubes tied. By the way, I can't remember who said it. It might have been Natasha or someone else. Said, what about men? When are men going to take some obligation for family planning? When are they going to get their, um, well, they don't have tubes to tie, but they, whatever, what is it that they do? They do um, a vasectomy. Why are they doing it? H honey, child, we talking about Caribbean men here now, you know. Most of them are not going to do that, unfortunately, because they feel like that's the same reason why they don't want to fix the dogs and the cats, because they feel like there's something wrong with it. I would encourage men, likewise, take, take part of the, be part of the process. There's nothing wrong with you being the one to get the vasectomy. Caller, good morning. Yes, hello. Yes, sir. You're willing to get a vasectomy? Good morning. 
Well, I um I thinking about it because um and I get nothing from um, having kids in Cayman, so it don't make no sense to have kids here <laughs> like that. Yeah, but what I call oh. about now um we don't have no accountability here in Cayman when it comes to people being accountable for their life and um because basically what you're telling me or what you're saying about this young lady is that um she can have as much kids as she wants and the government's gonna take care of them. Mm-hmm. So we don't have no child protection agencies here that um that seen what this guy this is public news from yesterday. I saw it on the um on my phone when it came to the Cayman Compass thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So the child protective people now watching this thing to see that these kids are not in best care at the moment, living on the beach, having sand fleas and mm-hmm. smelling the stench from the sargasm and all that. Are they getting proper meals? Are they having um proper hygienic um, stuff done for My them. God. Um, Especially since they're still so, in diapers. No, but what's going on with... Okay, that's a deplorable state for yes. the government to be watching this and not doing anything, you know? Exactly. I don't, I don't believe in giving people handouts mm-hmm. because she's of stable mind. She knew... She and her husband knew what they were doing and what they were getting into because they're adults. Mm-hmm. So I believe if you create a bill, you should know how to pay it. Mm. Yeah, so um, when it comes to NAU, NAU, um, boy, oh, it's only so much they, they can really do, you know? And well, they to, there, to be clear, I think they should be doing more. I like necessarily giving them a pass. But in this situation, I think that there's so much going on here that I can't really fault NAU for this hot mess. Well, in this situation, if I was a person who ran from wherever country that I left a bill there, Mm. Um, I was working, I'm, I'm in school and all that. Why can't I come to the Cayman Islands and get a regular job like mm. somebody else? Mm-hmm. It don't have to be a doctor's job that I was, um, or a doctor's secretary, secretarial job that I was training for. It could be a gap. If I had, well, if I was in her position with the education that she does possess, I would have had a job long time doing something because that's the motivation mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. No matter if it, had, if, if it had to be picking up garbage, but mm-hmm. it's not for me now, because I can't be selfish and say it's for me. It has mm-hmm. to be for my kids. So if it means picking up garbage, um, busing carts at Foster's, whatever it is, they exactly. will give her a chance at a job. So if she really wanted to have something for her kids and stop being selfish, she would be out there. And, uh, well, the husband, he don't have a right to work yet, but she should be out there. But she, she admitted, she's admitted that he's working under the table. So I'm like, if he's working under the table... Why can't you even get $700 out of that to put in for his RERC? I mean, if you're working on the table, you must use it to benefit yourself. By any means necessary, those kids should be taken care of first and foremost. Yeah. That's my belief. So by any means necessary, she should be out there hustling to make sure her kids are all right, not sitting down, getting bite up by sanities and sand mm-hmm. flies. That mm-hmm. don't make sense to me. So the government needs to get involved now since it's public knowledge. They know what's going mm-hmm. on. And it's and it's all so much public beach that has a bathroom facility. So everybody should know where they are if they're in the eastern district. Mm-hmm. So the government needs to get the the right authorities in place. Yeah. Go and assess these kids and yeah. assess her mental ability and yeah. try to take these kids until she's fit enough to look out for them because they have no choice. They have not, nothing to do with this. Yeah. And, and I'm surprised that, that the implication now is that she's back in Canada. And where are these kids? Like I, the, the Compass article didn't make any mention of that. So I'm, I'm confused. 
she's in Canada and has she left the kids here with the stepfather? Like, I'm not really understanding that part of the story. I'm confused. Because what, what really upsets me is this is public worldwide news. And yeah. people are going to look at, and people are going to look mm -hmm. and say, oh, Cayman is going to be this first world kind of island that we're living like fourth world generations or mm -hmm. um, we're living where people living on the beach. It's no such thing. There's mm -hmm. no such thing. Everybody here who is here has an opportunity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I'm, and I'm sure of that. Everybody here has an opportunity to have a right mm -hmm. to work. Yeah. If you're willing to work. Yes. And, and I think, Caller, what is going on is, as Caymanians, right, we are now adopting, some of us are adopting this mentality where we're looking for any excuse in the world to get a handout. So mm -hmm. to sit down to my, oh, the Cubans getting taken care of? We don't have a choice. But to take care of the so Cubans to some extent as, as long as they're here. But that does not mean that you can't get up off your behind and want a better life than what the Cubans have. You think the Cubans are being put up at the Ritz-Carlton? I don't understand why. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're not living in the price. best conditions. I mean, mind you now, we still managed to spend $3 million feeding them and whatever for the past year. But that's not an excuse that, oh, the Cubans being taken care of. We're too quick to allow people to find easy excuses. Oh, well, Caymanians are under, underpopulated, so I must go out there and have all the children. Not if you cannot afford them. We need to find our pride back, Sandra. That's it. Pride is all That's about it. pride. Pride and common it sense. It's about nothing else, because me, it would be a, 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 a dark day that something should happen that I can't help myself, that I have to go to NAU. Mm. I mean, that would be like, um, the lowest of my low in my life that I can look at to say I would have to do that. Mm. Me knowing of stable mind and strong body. You know what I mean? If I lost my job today that I've been working for 17 years, tomorrow I'm going to find a job. I'm mm -hmm. guaranteed that. It doesn't have to be the same kind of work that I was doing, but it's going to be work. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. it's going to be um, proper work. It doesn't matter what it is. You just have to be motivated to get these things. Every morning I wake up, mm -hmm. I feel the AC on me. I don't want to go to work. But I know if I go to work, this is what I get. Mm -hmm. It's an action reaction. So I go to work, I perform well, I get to keep on my AC, I get to pay CUC. Yes. You know what I mean? I get to get certain little luxuries. But we can't, We have to be accountable for ourselves. We can't say I'm making $10 a month, but I want to spend $30 a month. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. We have to, we can't be looking at the social media and looking at mm -hmm. what, um, Beyonce got from Jay-Z and expect hmm. you to be living the same life, but you're a plumber or you're um, lesser, lesser off. You're not um, Beyonce. So you can't expect mm -hmm. the Beyonce life. You can't expect the Kardashians life. Mm -hmm. You can't expect nobody else's life but your own. Yes. Because the Bible gives us an instruction. They, the Bible says, by the sweat of your brow, so shall you eat bread. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you go to school and you achieve a good education and you get out and you um, apply that education to some kind of field that you want to do and you become successful. Me, on the other hand, who sat down, did play the clown in school, play the popular boy, mm -hmm. came out of school without no motivation, waiting mom and dad to hand me down. And I'm looking at you, but I am um, grateful of you because you're getting through in life. No, look at yourself first. We have mm -hmm. to look within before we can fix anything outside. Yeah. And that's the thing. We need to find where our pride is and get back motivated because she's not handicapped. Mm -hmm. Tina handicapped. Mm -hmm. so I but have she's no making herself handicapped with poor decisions? She's well, making poor decisions? I have no pity for them. I have pity for the kids. Because she could do exactly what everybody else would do. Get up, 
and go out and be productive members of society. Mm. That's what they need to do and stop finding these stupid excuses about NAU. NAU is the close down. Mm. So everybody else would have their own two feet to stand on mm. because a lot of people are abusing it. And like when I pass NAU, I see more um, ready-made Caymanians or people Caymanians than I see Caymanians out there getting help. Mm. So what are we bringing into the country? We say we have, we have this cheap labor, but we give them nine years to be here to where they have the right to stay here after basically once they apply for that point to, mm. towards their PR. We need to, like I said, we need to pull that back. Give them six years here. Do the rollover policy for six years, then we see who's living here then. Hmm. Thank you very much. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, folks. Um, I mean, it's it's just a hot, hot mess of a situation. We're gonna go ahead and wrap up the show. Um the the husband, um he he got time to post 17 hours ago on Facebook. Mind you all, F in business, please. Stay TF, y'all figure that out, out of my life. Thank you. God bless. Only one person liked it. Um, sir, how um, you going to talk about people minding your business when y'all are the ones who are putting your business out there with the compass? If you did more people in your business, you don't sit down and do an interview. That'd be the best thing. So he seems to be all over social media. Um, got time to post about people not being loyal and, and cheating between husband and wife and all kind of foolishness. You need to be focusing on getting that RERC money is what you need to be focused on. Now, she says that he might have to return. And this, again, where the story gets confusing. By May the 14th, he's going to have to return to um, uh, La Saiba or Rotan or wherever the heck he's from. If he has to return, um, where, where again are the kids? Are they with him? Is he taking your kids with him? Again, I'm just thoroughly confused by, by what's really going on here. But maybe that's his best bet because in his country, he can work without any restrictions. So why doesn't he go back to Rattan, work and save up some money now that he knows that it's going to cost money to actually live and survive um, in Cayman? Why doesn't he do that? Right. And, and, you know, get himself sorted out before he comes here. Y'all have got to start planning your lives better. So Olivia, she goes by Powery on Facebook. I don't know where she got Powery from because y'all said she was a hooker. I mean, hooker being the last name hooker, not hookers. And <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. So don't, let's not get that confused. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. She made a very pretty bride, I must say. Um, I don't know. Oh, the babies are so cute. Oh, my goodness, girl. Please try to get it together. Oh, my goodness. Girl, you have potential. The potential's there. I see you wearing wig and, and sporting your wig and stuff, too, and got on makeup when you're ready. This is a recent photo. Um, I don't know, honey child. All I can hope is that, you know, you'll, you'll start to make some better decisions. I think the decisions that you're making now, unfortunately, have been really, really poor. She can put on some makeup and look good when she's ready. You need, you need to make some better decisions, girl. Trust me. I'm going to show you all a few pictures. The girl, she, the girl can pretty up when she read it. This was just last year. She having such a rough time talking about any of you, but girl, the weave and makeup be on point. I'm just saying. 
Y'all know that I'd be, I'd be finding the receipts now to speak to everything that's going on because we all want to know the true story. All right, hold on now. I told y'all, this girl looking good. Mm-hmm, look at that. Pretty face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that hairstyle, not cheap, you know. Hold on, let me delete some of these. My thing is like, you got too many images. Pretty, very pretty. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Hot mess. Ah, yeah, yeah. Hair and makeup on point says rank rank miles, but kids starving. Yep, that's where it's at. Uh Safinia now saying wrong. Yep. Mm. As Brenda says, with this attitude, do we need this kind of gay man? He can always return to his country. Uh, Ms. Vernita says, if if the what? if the then Mr. then Mr. Alden went to the BBC and told them where the people need, we got social services there for SMH. Uh, okay. Her makeup better than mine, says Vanessa. You better believe it. Maybe she should become a makeup artist. I mean, I don't know about the nursing thing. If that's not going to work out, you have some skills with makeup, honey child. There's plenty of people who would pay to look to have their makeup done. I'm assuming it's not a filter, but this day and age, you can't even tell. But um, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot that you can do. Uh, Rankin says that these days it's all about the image. What a joke. Anyway, honey, I don't know what else to say about this matter. Um, let me quickly address one situation before we go. So yesterday we had a person who sent an email about somebody stealing their plants. Um, and they said, Miss Sandy, this person came in her yard. Let me show y'all the video. Um, let me delete a few now. It's telling me I got way too many. Let me delete a few. They're like, Miss Sandy, this person came in my yard and they stole my stuff. And, you know, I want you to talk about it. I said, oh, Lord, what a mess. So I post up the video. You watch it, and then we're going to talk. Um, the person has since reached out to us. We must take the video down because they weren't really stealing. <laughs> I think the definition of stealing might be a little bit loose around these parts. But we can certainly discuss it. Um, let me tell you, hold on, let me just pull up what the person actually sent us. Here's the video, here's the video.
saying that because um, she knocked, that's not theft. You, you didn't get permission, right? The person didn't answer the door. Nobody answered the door. Nobody said, yes, you can go. So listen, if you don't get, if you walk into somebody's yard, you're potentially a visitor. You're not a trespasser yet, right? But you can't just walk into people's yard and take stuff out of their yard. If you're knocking, they're not home. You leave a little note and you come back. You don't take it. I mean, I don't know exactly what kind of, I don't know what she took. I don't know if it was an orchid or what it was. And this is someone now who must feel really bad because she's known in the community. People identified her very, very quickly. She's a local artist, normally a very nice person from what I can see, but this kind of behavior is not very becoming and it's not something that you do. If you do this, that is theft. That is the very definition of theft. You take something that does not belong to you. She said now she's returned to the homeowner and apologized. So that's fantastic. Um, you can apologize all you want, but I think the point being that, uh, you know, the damage has already been done. And more importantly, the damage has already been done now to your reputation. And of course, you know, this is, uh, this is what you're most worried about now is your reputation, but it's already too late. Everybody looking at you side with a side eye now thinking, why would you do that? <sighs> Common sense seems to really be lacking folks. Um, I don't know what to say. Um, you know, y'all just need to use some of it. God gave it to you for a reason. Please do your best to use your common sense. Yes. That's the best advice that I can give you. Y'all know I love me a mango. And there was a day I'd go out my mango picker. I tried to pick locations that um, are not like it's like an abandoned bush. It's not somebody's yard or whatever. The, the tree is hanging over into the public road. So I can say, well, whatever limbs hanging over, over yeah, so, you know, technically I can access but if it's somebody's yard like this, you walk into somebody's yard, you're a trespasser, do your best um, to you know, follow the correct protocols and ask in the right way. That would be my suggestion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, honey chill, I don't know what to say. Um, so the person says we were able to get an apology from this person. She apologized for her actions and told us that it was a lesson well learned. We would also like to thank the public and playing their part by sharing and giving their opinions on the situation. Now they want the video removed as the aim is not to ruin anyone's image, but to highlight the actions have consequences. Well, y'all do y'all know the rules already around here. CMR does not remove videos. So when you send us a video or you send us a story, make sure you actually want it published because it's gonna be pub published from now until infinitum. We don't remove the video. Um, just because you think the problem has been solved, is the lesson really going to be learned? Because someone comes next week and they never saw that video. Uh, and then, you know, they come do the same thing to your yard. Maybe if the video stays up there, it will be a lesson going forward to all people forever. Not to walk into people's yard and take their plants that don't belong to you. I'm just saying. 
All right, good people. Thank you very, very much. Um, anybody who's been trying to reach me by email, if you're trying to reach me by email, my personal email, it hasn't been working since yesterday. They're having some major outage on the email servers. CMR emails are good. So we've got more than one email server. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, you can always reach me there. But regular email just ain't working, honey chill. Uh, hopefully they'll get sorted out later on today because I know they're working on it. Y'all have a beautiful, blessed day. I know we had a lot more to talk about that we didn't get to. Tomorrow we'll talk a little bit. We've got some guests coming on tomorrow's program. Let me see who's up tomorrow. I believe tomorrow's CUC. We're going to be talking about the reality shows because K-Man apparently busting out with reality TV now. We actually have our own reality show that's based on the lives of people right here in K-Man. So they're getting salty and putting their messy lives out there, which is so interesting. So we're going to talk about that. We also, um, Wednesday, yes. Oh, I have an interview with the governor after the show. So tomorrow we'll end on time. And then Thursday, we have the step people, which is the CMO and the national epidemiologist back with us. And then on Friday, we have Taste of Cayman. So just a few good things coming up for you this week. Continue to tune in. Thank you guys so much for your continued support and patronage here on the program. You guys uh, do have yourselves a safe and wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 